With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. The way you talk, it frightens quite a lot of people. And I want to know, are you going to minimize your way of approach? Because everybody's a revolutionary. Now they kill 
Lolo just chimed in. Black Power. Black Power. But, yeah, you know, it's been a great college day. You know what I'm saying? Some days, you know, you always can look for better. But it's a start. We always got to start somewhere. So we making that start. But yeah, the family and together, you know, together we we made that start. We you know we've designated December thirty first, January the first, and January the twelfth. Now official, you know, and appearing out, you know, in this new African uh, uh, holiday spirit. So we'll, we you know we'll keep these moving forward and forever. Will they be known as the days of remembrance for our great ancestors? And, uh, you know, I've seen a picture that just Bakia put up a picture that had Marcus Garvey, Francis Cress Wilson, and Khalid Abdul Muhammad, which is a perfect type of trinity, you know, you know what I'm saying? And um, we're going to have to make sure that we, we keep in tune with, our, with, with Dr. Francis Cress Wilson because when our, when our born day comes, we're going to celebrate that also. Thanks. Thanks. So... We gonna get all our stuff together. We gonna get. Matter of fact, let me. Let me we gonna run down. We gonna get Sister Harriet. And we gonna get. We gonna get all. You know, we gonna get our family new hammer day. We gonna get us. Get us. Get this thing going. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. We we got to. If we don't keep. If we don't keep them, then who will? If we don't keep them living. That's right. Just like the general said, you know, we got to get off that crack and beef city. Fuck they holiday, unholy dates. Fuck everything they got, all their rituals, everything. Yo, 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 Black Power family, Black Power family. I see everybody turned up. My power. You know, ain't no more, ain't no day holy other than the days that we get. But not. That's one thing I noticed today, though. Uh, you know, Brother Little said everybody turned up. Is that just genuinely I could see that, you know what I'm saying, everybody was excited today. You know what I'm saying? Just I could just feel it, you know? Yes, yes. Saying that, yes, you're right about that. Everybody, it seems like, you know, like you said, you want to make this thing trending. We got to put it in, back into our minds. We got to get our state of mind back right. But, yeah, the people, one good thing is that with this thing, quote, unquote, consciousness growing, there has been, you know, I, I've, I've seen a lot of people who might not have never shown no love to Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad. They, you know, they're checking them out. We're seeing, I, I'm, I'm talking about, I've seen hundreds and hundreds, not only on, on the book, but also on Twitter, you know, people putting that love out there for Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad today, which was a beautiful thing. Which is, you know, so you know, it's it's up to us to keep this uh, thing going and it, and make it, and it's only as real as we make it. You know what I'm saying? It's our perception that keeps some of these things in reality. So we shouldn't perceive anything that the cracker does is good. We never have, never will. But um, you know, it's another year to Africa. God damn it. 
but it's the year of the African. Damn, ain't no, we ain't going with no Black History Month. It's, it's, it's our story, 365 days. Mm-hmm. Black power. Read. Black power. Oh, but see, I've been, I've been enjoying the day for the most part. You know, um, got to listen to college uh, for a little while. You know, I enjoy this. I I enjoy when he's um. I enjoy him going back and forth with with other people. You know what I mean? I I've seen I I watch him beat up on Hill on old Cracker. So so good watching him beat up on the Cracker today. You know, you know what I'm saying? Which, and the thing about it, the reason why I like the reason why I really like those lectures where he in discourse with Caucasians. Is because what it does is it gives you an understanding of how to deal with them and how you can deal with them, honestly, forthright and in their face, bold like a lion. You know what I'm saying? He gives yep, you that. Yep. He, he he put it in your in your chest that look, man, you ain't got no reason to talk. You ain't got no reason to look sideways at him. You look him right in his eyes, say exactly what you feel, because it's the truth. It's honest. It's true. He can't say nothing to you about them telling about you telling them the truth. You know what I mean? Um, I even I peeped the one today. I peeped about twenty minutes the day of the one when he was in Atlanta, the one where uh uh with Scott Diddy got his picture in it. Did y'all see that one today? Nah, I didn't get a chance to watch that one. I I might play it. I might play because he was in Atlanta with her, um where they was wanting to uh snatch. Uh, uh, H. Brown Brown up, Jamil Ella, uh, Elamine, you know, Brother H. Brown Brown, where they snatched him up allegedly for, for shooting that cop down there. Yeah. Yep. Which he did not up. do. Not on the tape, nowhere near the scene, none of that. None of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, Kyler brought up something that was important that happened during then that was on the news. They said one of the suspects had. The suspect had showed the police had been shot, and our brother H. Brown Brown had, had not had not been shot at all, had not been harmed, grazed, nicked, or scathed by any type of bullet. You know what I mean? Which you know, which was said that that the perpetrator had been. So we know it could not have been him. But brother Collard was out there in Atlanta in the park, and you know, there's a lot of homeless be out there, the black family be out there. He just uh, just brought the spirit. Of family together, and you know, and just oh man, it was just it just felt beautiful. Just to, you know, it felt beautiful. That's what y'all. Holland was here to do what he needed to do. That was the invigorator, spark up to move. Come on, sometimes you need a spark, and you need a well, a good spark. Holland wasn't a spark. Holland was a goddamn fire starter. And it said, he saw the fire up under your ass. And as I said, I listened, I listened to him. But I seen where uh, it was the video. He was in Atlanta, and that's the one where y'all see the picture. If you see the picture, uh, Sarnetta and Khaled together, like he, he was like doing security. And this is where it was from. That just, just you know, that messed up the whole shit right there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn black traitors and <laughs> Yo, listen. And I was, uh it's on my page. I want y'all to look at it. 
even though what he says is good, but I want you to look at it, and so then you can see, and then and then we'll discuss that in the back room. We're not even gonna put none of, none of that on, not on college day. We don't do it on college day. Right. So I'm saying on college day we gonna, you know, we ain't gonna let shit slide. We just ain't gonna mention some shit today, unless you in our face, and then we gotta put full contact on you. But right now on the air we're we'll 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 let the ne- the negro don't be with it be what it is. But as I said, you know it was it was a wonderful day, wonderful day. Um, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna cue a couple things and like kind of hit us with a couple jewels. You know, and, you know, let them, let them speak for itself. If anybody got anything y'all want to queue up, anything y'all want to be able to hear, any quotes or anything from college that you want to put in, please, it is your time to do that. Get show, you know, show that remembrance and give thanks for the brothers. You said if it was any quotes. Yeah, any quotes. If you got any anything that you got queued up or something, or uh, if there's anything you want played or something, put it in the back room and tell me what minute, Mark, you want it played at. Nah, I'll get to it. But I'm going to play a couple pieces because, like I said, you might as well let the elder speak for itself. Well, I know that one with the police brutality, the first first seconds out the gate, man. Straight up. All right. Well, no, definitely the one that um, had the crackers mad about the South Africa. Now, that's classic. <laughs> I, think, I think I know that one by heart. I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's real. Well, you know, I like, I like to hear, I like to hear the, the ending part of the, of the million, the million youth march, you know, when, uh, when he tell them laws what they can do, you know what I'm saying? When he tell them exactly what, when he tell the people in the crowd exactly what to do, you know what I'm saying? If shit get out of control, which you don't hear none of our leaders today ever taking that kind of aggressive form at all, you know what I'm saying? That aggressive stance at all, you know? So uh, black power to the brother for keeping that 100 in front of the camera and in the motherfucking street, you know what I'm saying? The brother had his feet on the ground. He meant what he said, you know what I'm saying? And that means everything. Black power. Black power. All right. Let me see. Let me see here. Let me pull these things. And, you know, for me, as a sister, I personally, the whole entire lecture, where he get into how, the white cracker beast bitch is a bitch. Woo! <laughs> you know, I ain't never hear nobody bring it real. Your white woman is a yo. He went in on that. It's real. Subject to have an itch. <laughs> <laughs> Subject to have an itch. Subject right. to have an itch.
gonna be a day you're gonna be able to come out here with your camera, you're gonna snatch your cameras and run you right up off the block. And he told he told brothers how you gotta take that, how you gotta, you know what I'm saying? You gotta handle them without without the without the without the friendly gloves on, bro. You gotta goddamn man, fuck that. You know, you sit here talking about cracker this, cracker that, and the white folks walk in the room and nigga want to get quiet. Nah, nigga, keep on with your cracker shit. Nigga, you got a goddamn bang on their ass in front of their face and behind their ass. Whatever you can goddamn do it. Black power. Word. Yeah. 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 You know, it's just so real out here. It's so real. I'm, 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 about to, I'm about to zoom in. I'm about to zoom in on one real quick, though. I'm going to zoom in. Let me, let me get anything that everybody asked for lined up. Get all that lined up for us. But, Sister McKee, you did drop some, you dropped some quotes up there. Some, but I'm gonna tell you one of the quotes that um one of the quotes that that do that I that I definitely like is is I'm a true terrorist, I'm a knowledge gangster, black history hitman, lie killer, urban gorilla. It's gotta have roughly. I say, read that right now, Facebook. Word up, Queen. Black pow. Black pow. What? What? The realest, yo, the blackest black man on the planet. True African warrior up, yo, 360 degrees. Beautiful thing, beautiful thing. Now, as a man, college was beautiful. As a man, I can say that. A beautiful warrior. An example for, every, for a black man to strive to be. You know what I'm saying? An example of um, maturity and a political awareness, you know what I'm saying, in this time. That's what my, that's what Khaled had. He had a maturity of the situation. He was mature enough to know that we can't keep running this thing. What the brother say? Brother, brother, nowadays, people can't just take some of the, the language. Are you going to calm, you know, you know, tone the language down a little bit to, to try to you know, accommodate some of the other folks. I said, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't tone it down. No, I ain't going to do nothing to bring them in. And I, I can do less if I see people out here doing more. But goddamn, can't do it. I got to hold the line. Uh-huh. Hold the line. Hold the line, man. Oh, the motherfucking line. Mm-hmm. He said on the one-inch line, we say like four, four downs down, mm. <laughs> back against the wall. Mm. Right. Well, he said the Donahue, he said, can you think about, uh, what is what, what, what Donahue did you think about Schremer and Goodman? What about this thing? <laughs> 
You know, college like to spell his name with two L's. I just want to say that to the people. Brother, uh, born after I watched what I could get of the cotton picking truth, I'm with Dr. Khalid Muhammad. Kill them all. Hmm. I was already uh, there. I'm all, I, you know what I'm saying? It's just intensified now. That cotton picking truth is something else. Had me and my people in here fucked up. Yeah, yeah, you fucked up. The type of shit when you don't want to look at TV, you don't want to look at nothing. You just like, just fucked up. Just y'all have me have y'all have my heart dropped in my. I'm listening to when I was listening to that black woman, my heart was just. I mean, I was just bugged out because I'm looking at it. I'm like, yo, this is now. She's talking to me right now. Yeah. Acting out a slave narrative, she ain't acting out no shit from the from the eighteen hundreds. She ain't, you know, putting on a performance. She's telling me that look, you don't know how big a bug or cricket is. When you got six people, though, you'll see how big it is. You'll break that thing right on up into pieces. What? That we had to eat whatever we caught. We had the worm, we had the bird eggs, the fish washed up on shore, we had the fish, whatever. Raw now. Biting through the rabbit fur, the bird feathers. Yeah, we got to eat it now. I can't believe it. I, I'm telling you, I, I still feel like I'm in, I'm in the twilight zone right now. I can't believe people knew about it. Congress, all that, and this shit ain't nobody doing nothing. Obama, fucking Obama, yo, shame, man. Long live the spirit of Doctor Khalid Muhammad. Kill them all. Black power. Hold up, here we go, here we go. Let's, let's chew this up. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm trying to debate on which piece I want to get because they got a little clip that's five minutes of it. Um, Welcome back to the... Oh. All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to let college speak for itself. Okay. 
Look, y'all, y'all got to realize, man, the first thing you got to do, you got to get it in your mind. I told, listen, man, I said this a long time ago on the show, man. If you can't even think about, if you ain't even got it in your heart to kill a mouse, kill a cat. You got to go out there and go kill a cat. You got to kill something. Something that you would normally, you would have some type of feeling. And you got to do that so you get the fear out of your heart. So some of us got fear in our heart of stuff that we'll never be able to get out there. So the first thing you got to do, you got to start getting it in your mind. You got to get your mind set. You got to get your mind state straight. You know what I'm saying? That this is what needs to be done. This is what's got to be done. Then you'll, you'll think about this every day. It becomes part of your life. And then you'll start to doing it. You'll start to doing it, right? We're going to just produce it. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a thought first, though. You got to have a thought. You got to think about it. You got to be thinking on it. I'm talking about thinking hard, long. You know what? Uh, Black power. You're saying. You know, you, you know what serial killers practice on before they go move to the real targets, right? Animals, cats, dogs. A little bird. Okay. Anything they can catch. Anything they can catch. You got to, you got to practice, man. You got to practice. You got to get your mind into it. I'm telling y'all, listen, I'm telling you what I know. I know, I'm telling you what I know. I ain't telling you no shit just to be talking no shit. This ain't no shit you're going to read no motherfucking book. I'm telling you this shit from goddamn life experience. If you won't get your motherfucking hands or you ain't going to listen, man, your ass will freeze up, man. I'm telling you. Listen. That motherfucking thunder start clapping, man. Your motherfucking ass freeze up. So you got to be prepared for that. So we get back to the gym. <clears throat> What's that um, movie with Denzel and um Ray Allen? Uh, uh with Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He got game, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. He got game. Watching that today with some people and shit. And when he was, uh, when his pops was uh, hollering at the Spanish bitch who was, you know, just there for the money, he trying to, you know, get her to work with him so they could both G off or whatever. And the dude walked up, and he caught him in the throat. I was like, okay, that's Brother Little right there. Brother Little teaches. I ain't going to say it right here, right now, but y'all know what the three things are. Remember when he caught him in the net? Well, Brother Little, the three things Brother Little say. Vision, airway, balance. Black power. Black power. Black power. I didn't want to say it, but I had to. Made me think of Brother Little when he gave him that in the throat. It was over. He was like, what you saying to me now? What, what, what you saying? Mm-hmm. I can't hear you. Because you have something to say. Yeah. Got to Just, practice. Yeah. Be ready. Guess you didn't. <laughs> I guess you didn't have nothing to say. Thought you did. All right, let me let me get this. Let me get this. Hold on. Oh, 
Hold on, who is that? Hold on, who is that? Hold on, hold on. Somebody came in, got some sound in their background. Got sound in your background. Let me see. Let me get this thing right here. Uh-huh. Man, it's like somebody talking in it. It sounds like in the kitchen or something. I don't know what that is. Right, Paul, so when are you? Well, I'll see you out there. Let me see. No, we're we kill this piece right here, uh, Dr. Conley. This is what Sister Camille wanted. You used to rule the earth. Now we grovelling at some cracker's feet. And if your brother stands up and speaks boldly and speaks of war with the enemy, you back off from him and run like a little sissy. Wake up, wake up, this big homie back, the head nigga in charge. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, all praise is due to Allah, the Lord of all the world. We turned up this little We forever thank Almighty God for coming here. And we got rid of or more, mentally and spiritually dead, black men and black women here in the hells of North America. And so we thank him for coming and raising up his messenger and his messiah to the black man and black woman, again here in the hells of North America. I speak of none other than the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I thank the two of them for the man who is responsible for what I am and what I am becoming. And the man who is largely responsible for my spiritual rites of passage and who is my mentor and teacher, speak of none other than my spiritual father, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. In their names, I greet you here in Queens at the African Poetry Theater where culture is the byword. And culture is used as a weapon to Brother uh, John Watusi and to others who are responsible for the programming and the enlightenment and the supreme wisdom that comes out of this house. I am uh, deeply honored, as I have stated, to have this opportunity to speak with you on this rainy night on the subject that has been given to me, which I think is a very good subject. And that subject that was given to me is police brutality. Who polices the police? The very serious subject, and so naturally my response has to be a very serious response. There are those who speak of police review boards, And there are many police review boards throughout North America. There are many police review boards that allegedly are set up to monitor the activities 
of the policing agencies. Certainly some good has come out of police review boards, but I do not believe that police review boards can deal with the high level of police brutality in the black community. Of all our studies, history is best qualified to reward our research. If we know what happened yesterday, then we can intelligently discuss police brutality today because today is built on yesterday and tomorrow indeed is built on today. The very coming into being and existence of the white man. Not too many people want to say the white man anymore. Not too many people even say the word white man together. And very few from a rostrum or a podium or a TV talk show or anywhere who will straight up call the white man the devil in 1997. So let's get that straight before I even get started. The white man is not a devil, but the devil. He is wicked. He's the number one murderer, the number one robber, the number one raper, the number one lyncher, the number one enslaver, the number one colonizer. He is the chief shedder of blood on the face of the planet Earth, and no one has come close even to equaling the shedding of blood of the white man. As I started to say, his very existence is owed to the shedding of blood of the black man and black woman. There would be no white race if it were not for the genetic engineering, the grafting, the birth control, and the special process by which the white man came into existence, which required, again, the very shedding of blood of the black man and black woman. And so the most honorable Elijah Muhammad has taught us that the circumstances surrounding the origin of a thing into the world determines the very nature of that thing. It codes that thing. It marks that thing. And that thing cannot help but do according to its coded nature. And if it is your bloodshed, and it is, that brought the white man into existence, then it must be your and my bloodshed that will keep him in power and in control. And so white supremacy and global white domination and rapid racism that runs rapid throughout the face of the planet Earth is based on the murder of the black man and black woman, but black man first. The black man is public enemy number one. Public enemy number one. Oh, he does not spare the black woman. For the black woman is spotted and speckled with all of the shades of color of the color spectrum. Number one, she is all of the colors because she is the original woman. And out of her comes the black, the brown, the red, the yellow. And yes, out of her comes the white. But she is spotted and speckled today in another sense because of the rape of our great-great-grandmothers and our great-great-great-grandmothers. I'm not going to get into that. Hell, all of them were great. Straight on down the line. The raping of the black woman. So she has not been spared. But again, I say, public 
enemy number one is the black man. Why is the black man public enemy number one of the white man? The black man is public enemy number one when we study police brutality and global white supremacy. He is number one because as our great psychiatrists and psychologists such as Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, such as Dr. Richard King, such as Dr. Naeem such as Dr. Cedric X. Clark, and others have pointed out to us, Dr. Uh, Patricia uh, Nono Kosawa uh, Sekhmet, and others of our psychologists and psychiatrists, Dr. Uh, Merira Bridges, and others, as they have pointed out to us, the black man is public enemy number one because the world is a white male dominated world. It is a white male dominated world. And being a white male dominated world, then he fears the number one threat to his global rule and his reign of white supremacy. And his number one threat is the black man. And so he fears that the black man will one day wake up. And if the black man, and when the black man one day wakes up, then there is the end to the white man's white supremacy. I'd like to, before I get into the body of my lecture, read a poem for you. I normally don't read poems, but this one is just so good. I got to read this one. You want to hear a poem at the African Poetry Theater? Here where culture is a weapon. All right? The poem is called, it's by Brother Taim, it's by, the poem is by Taimbe Jess. And the poem is, when niggers love revolution like they love the bull. When niggers love revolution like they love the bull, youth will wear red, black, and green patches over the emblems on their starter jackets. When niggers love revolution like they love the bull, brothers, will gather regularly at barber shops and corner stops to discuss George Jackson and to discuss, discuss the handbook of revolutionary warfare and people's war before they go home to take care of their children each night. When niggas love revolution like they love the bull, playground basketball courts will become paramount. training grounds where we learn to shoot guns at the enemy and not baskets for bets. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, we will spend hours and hours watching our children grow into soldiers and not basketball players. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, we will know CIA stats, FBI stats, infant mortality stats, police brutality stats, political prisoners and prisoners of war, and literacy training techniques like we know Paxson's shoe size or uh, Shaq's shoe size or 
the way we know Rodman or Pippen's rebound or Grant's salary and all the intimate details of Michael's last gambling spree. When niggas love revolution like they love the Bulls, you will be able to ask any youth on the street, who is Sundiata Okoli? Who is Asada Shakur? Who is Sekou Odinga? Who is Rochelle McGee and Jonathan Jackson? You will be able to ask, who is Matula Shakur? Who is Queen Mother Moore? They will be able to tell you without skipping a beat. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, you will go on to ask them about Michael Jordan, and they will say, who? When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, masses of us will go down to tear up a Carolina coroner and his office to find out what really happened to James Jordan instead of waiting on the word of newspapers and sheriff's offices. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, we will show up in Washington, D.C. with the Million Man March with our God and with our guns. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, they will start to seriously wonder what Putting a brown ball through a white net makes more milk money in one season than they will make in an entire lifetime and do something about it. When niggas love revolution like they love the Bulls, you will see Phil Jackson running up and down an empty court minutes before game time screaming, Where are my niggas? Where are my niggas? Where are my niggas? As the niggas leave the stadium to go build liberation schools in their community. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, all niggas will refuse to shoot ball with the president with or without their dashikis on. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, will become associated with the sound that CIA agents, snitches, rats, and agent provocateurs who join our organizations and work against the legitimate aspirations of our people who yearn to breathe free, drug dealers and others will make when they are thrown gracefully face first into open manholes. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, Nike will no longer be able to sell $160 basketball shoes in the black community because we would rather spend the money on liberation and revolution. Thank you. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, they would love it they will love it more than chitlins, more than all my children, more than Jerry Carroll's, more than permanence, more than Cadillacs and Mercedes Benz and Rolls Royces and BMW's cars. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, when niggas love their family like they love the bulls, when niggas love their children like they love the bulls, when niggas love to be free like they love the bulls, when niggas love struggle like they love the bulls, when niggas love dignity like they love the bulls, when niggas love niggas like they love the bulls, we will become black people 
and all the bullshit will hit the fan. Black Power. Like power. Yeah. Make this law revolution like they law the bulls. Know the update that. <laughs> That's some real shit. On the flip shit, you know, when sisters love revolution like they love getting their weave done. I'll say. Go and get that pedicure. <laughs> like Dolce and Cabana. <laughs> All right, Black Power. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm saying, you, you, you saying that, man, you probably could make something with that, with that weave stuff because I'm telling you, I, I was going to start selling some hair, right, while back. But, man, they got so many different kinds and stuff. That shit just was like, I was like, nah, I can't do this. I was like, this ain't, I ain't got patience for this right here. Even though they make money, I just ain't got the patience for that. You know, all them different types of hair, different lengths, all is the phone now. Oh, God, nah, 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 nah. Textures, <laughs> colors. Yeah, you got to have this, you know, there's too many, too many different types. You know what I'm saying? You know, and then some people want the synthetic, some people want the real. Sisters love revolution like they love their lace front. Like they love their lace front, right? It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I know it's on that. Oh, go ahead, sister. Go ahead, sister. Come here. You got it? Cool. I can hear it right now. We're going to ride it. <laughs> Go ahead, Sister Camille. Sister Camille, go ride it. Go ride it. Black power. Black power. Black power. Okay. <laughs> it, ain't not, it ain't the men that also got to step up. We got to step up, queens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can't, you can't just point the finger at our men. Yes, we, we got to put that. Awaken that warrior spirit in them, but that means that we got to waken the shit up in us. I'm saying I can't impart into my man and my child what I ain't got. Speaking of that, black power to Queen T, how she holding it down. And black power to Brother Born's Queen too. Black power. Both y'all queens. Mhm. And you too. You know what I mean? Yeah, a black power couple. Yeah. There's definitely strong black women out here. We ain't got. Don't worry about that. Now, Sister Camille, you said 23 minutes and 40 seconds. 34 seconds, he goes in on the coon. You know, I just want to say to my black people, I I really do to to my family, 
we have to, you know, it don't pay to be a traitor. It, it don't pay to be a coon. Trust and believe. The cracker coming for you. Off the strength of you being a coon and a traitor. Trust and believe. Stop it. They see is they see is this lawyer untrustworthy. They gonna come back like for that, that. ad. And so like is that. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they snitching nah. on their own people. They damn sure gonna snitch on me. You know what I'm saying? That's how the cracker looking at. No, nah, that's yo. Listen, I'm telling you, police, police will let you know that shit. They ain't never trust the they never trust a rat because he's ratting. If you're willing to tell on your friends, then look, man, when you ain't go. What kind of person is you? You the type of nigga who tell on his friends? Ah, oh, nigga ain't no good then. Shay, he coming for you. Trust and believe it. What, what did Dr. Khalid Muhammad say? History is best qualified to reward or research. Right? Coming from the ancestor. I don't want to say it on the line. <laughs> Clown motherfucker. <laughs> nigga. Spit that out there. <laughs> he fool asked him where that come from. Nigga ain't say it. So, in case a nigga eavesdropping, you still gonna have to find it now because I ain't gonna share it with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, history's best qualified to reward all research. And the history of a black trader, even though you're gonna get your money, trust and believe they're coming back for you. Mm-hmm. That money ain't gonna mean nothing. They're going to break it down. Look what they did to Jesse. Messy Jesse. Ain't that what Dr. Khalid told? Mm-hmm. Bootleg. what they did to his son. Not it's okay. Father Sam did his son. They're going to get you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I promise you. Bill. Bill Cobb. Woo. They doing him dirty. They doing the OJ on him. Yeah. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Talking bad about your people for the cracker, for for his camera. Look how he got you now in front of his camera. Yeah. They ain't no Africans. He talking about they got names like Shaniqua, Tonda, and all that. They ain't Africans. They got me just going to jail. If we weren't no Africans, we naming our baby all type of. He just talk, he talk greasy about black women in particular. Okay. You know. Okay. I I know here. I, you know. I'm looking at some of this stuff. I see all them all them old white bras. I know you ain't ready for all them old white bras, but see what happened. You got yourself in a sticky situation where you got a hundred that you got a hundred women coming out the woodwork. So many stories. It, 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 it. They give you so many stories that it's like damn. You know, um, see, I'm I'm mad when they first put. I'm mad because the news articles that I read. See, that's the one thing about the news articles. And then when you read um, piece of the uh, uh, the paperwork from the court, it's not telling you that these like one case is from more recent, but it wasn't telling you that all these other women was from 40 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so the shit make it look. They put it together like that, and it makes it, it just look horrible. It look horrible when you put it together like that. But they're not telling you that this is the type of time span they got on this shit. That they ain't got no 
90s, no 80s. Is it 80s? No 90s, definitely. No 2000s. You know what I'm saying? They just they just run the scams. They run the scam. You got 40 women come from from 1970. You remember? <laughs> Bill raping them. In 1970, come on, man. They're that bullshit. <laughs> Statue of limitation. But see, this is good because now he knows what Larry David, Larry uh-huh. Davis felt. Now he knows what Mamiya Abu Jamal feels. Now he knows what the H. Rap Brown, who, who, who did you mention? Did I, did I say his name right? I can't think of his, his lobby name right now. Yeah, that's H. Rap Brown. Okay. Now he knows. Now he know why he had a platform, okay? Matula Shakur. Now he know. Look how they doing him, all right? And the media right along with it. Now he know. Now now the coon can see how the media is in hand with serving the black man in particular. At Bill all be time. back. The spirit of college be on him. Bill be back. Bill used to Bill used to be on it back in the day. Bill be back. He gonna come full circle. He gonna come full circle. You don't have to, like everybody else do at the end. You got to come full circle. You can come back. Yeah. But we got to ask open way for you this time. You no, know, no, mm-hmm. saying he gonna, you know, now and and when I say come black, it's not that, like he got scholarships and bills, send people to college and all type of stuff. But he gonna come black to the language. He gonna start to start to, you know, having to take the veil off of what he tried to shade off as though it did not exist, racism, white supremacy. As though it was just somehow family here just making sure that they stay down, that it is, ain't no system in in, um, in this situation. So you can't help it. And it's just like what Dr. Khalid Muhammad said, you know, um, it wasn't in that one. It was another one I was watching today, I think. It was either one of those. That, you know, people talking about him saying the N-word, you know. And he's like, that's what the fuck the crackers call you. I mean, if you don't say the N-word, are they not going to still treat you the same? Okay? Mm. Who gives a damn? At the end of the day, the, the N-word, ain't, uh, saying nigga ain't the problem. Ain't the problem. The problem is the cracker. That's the problem. And he also addresses the bullshit that RZA, I will never fuck with RZA again. Are you kidding me? Nigga, you straight, so, uh, I mean, damn, you did the comment on me. Okay, beautiful thing in this lecture here, Dr. Khalid Muhammad talks about this brother who is coming out of his house, him and his friends, they get in their van, and next thing you know, cops pull him over right when he pulling out. He don't know that they doing a sting in his neighborhood, even though, you know what I mean? It's not a, uh, what they classified as a bad neighborhood. And they um, kill him and shit. He got on a suit. He college educated. It don't matter what clothes your child has on. And it's horrific for anybody black to say that, especially a nigga like RZA. That's yo. shameful, yo. So the cracker child can wear a hoodie, you know. And like my man said to me today, uh, uh, yesterday we was talking about this, Belichick, uh, some football coach, he stay in hoodies. He and, wear a hoodie. He wears a hoodie. What the fuck do you wear? weird. And I don't even watch the games like that no more, but I know from the years when I used to watch Belichick, that's what he, that's his, that's his game wear, a fucking hoodie. 
But it's okay for white men to wear hoodies. As if uh, they're targeting our children because of the clothes they wear, not because yeah. of the beautiful, comple- beautiful complexion of their skin. Get the fuck because, out of here. It's because of them hoodies. It's them boots and them North Faces. And we stay out of Timberlands and we start putting on penny loafers instead of Timberlands, things have changed. Niggas need to start wearing rock ports instead of phone poppies. Get some doctors and instead of true religion, you straight. Even though I don't wear no true religion now, them shit be looking crazy with them crazy looking funny little little symbols on their pockets. Other thing niggas gay with them little flashy pockets. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas is gay, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shit look funny to me. I don't know. I just be like this. Y'all just got a lot of stuff going on. A lot, of, a lot of glitter, a lot of stuff going on back there. There you go. See, that shiny, glittery shit. My niece be wearing glittery shit. Nigga, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. That's what I've been saying, man. Motherfucker soft, man. Say butterball soft, man. We're gonna hit this um, we're gonna hit this college real quick. Oh, brother, hold on. That's that's brother clown. Yeah, you can't you can't hear us. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. All right. Now I heard him say something about Jim Jones or something, but I really can't hear what he was saying. I said I said Jim Jones fucked the game up, putting the death. Oh, oh, okay. The rapper Jim Jones. Okay, okay. They did. They came out with the flag. Yo. Cameron wearing a pink chinchilla. That was crazy. I ain't gonna lie. When they first first came out, I did have a couple um, big buckles. I did. (laughs) I was selling them though, so I would have to wear some size. At the same time, I was telling this shit, because, hey, hey, that shit was selling like hotcakes, I'm telling you. Big buckles was, was on the go, all the glitter, all the big rhinestones in it. I had them just cowboy buckles, whatever you needed. Oh, I agree. You know, them shit was good. That was good money, man. Them shit sold $25 to $50 a wop, man. You can't beat that. <laughs> you know... <laughs> you making me think. Anybody seen the, the video with the general last time he was here with that shit? And they was getting that, um, it was him and that other dude, and they was getting that, he was getting that the Amin Ross, Hard, Nunu, and B Shover evolution and all of that. But before starting the beginning of the video, you got some oh. brother trying to, like, talk tough and shit, like, I want a scientist. Boom, boom, bang, and the general yeah. was like, yo, you know, you want to just go go to that college and see if they, right here, see if they let you get up here and speak and give you a platform. So if I bring it up, how is a nigga going to talk tough in the dress? No, the nigga had the Kanye yeah. West shit on. That was the Kanye West shit. I could that tell was it was stunning. The that general was, was like, I forgot what he said. He said, you want dress wearing ass? <laughs> okay. Now, Queen, the nigga behind him had on some candy, had on some candy Crocs shoes. 
Those are shoes. I was like, those are female shits. First of all, you know, you see females rock those working. I was like, he got them on his feet. And Candy Ray. The nigga that was behind him in jeans. What, what the fuck? <laughs> nigga got on the female crock shit. Candy Ray. Sam, it's at the very beginning, and you got to catch the whole thing. Because when the camera spins down after the general calling nigga Alpha wearing a dress, you see the nigga that was standing behind him had on jeans with the red candy croc female shoes. I don't want to see a nigga in them shits. Outside and shit. Y'all, I'm telling you. Y'all, listen, listen. I'm going to tell you something, though, that I know about New York. New York's a different place, but it ain't everywhere. Like, if you go out to Brooklyn, you go to the Bronx, to certain areas, far Rockaway, Queens, niggas, they don't dress like them Harlem niggas. Up there, though, Harlem niggas, yo, when you be up there in Harlem, yo, there's some funny dressing dudes up there, man. They'll wear some funny-looking clothes where you be like, yo, man, what, why would you be wearing that, man? You know, the Z-neck with the breasts out and all that. They were supposed to punch him in the face. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Cam was supposed to go black. Boom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shit, shake it. <laughs> I appreciate the general for being the only real man out there calling a motherfucker out for even being in the dress, nigga. Like, what? <laughs> and he got the side net of microphone talking shit. I seen him. I seen him with that Kanye West. I knew what it was when I seen it. When he peered down and looked at it, I said, "Damn!" I said, "That's that Kanye West bullshit right there." He had a fucking black Kanye West sweater on, man. I'm telling you, some paid like two G's for that shit. Or Kanye West sweater dress. Uh, black people, we're going to have to do better. We're going to have to do better. But let me get to this. Let me get to this. Let me get to this clip. Let me get to this clip. Guys, Sister Camille, cue the clip. Tell the people what we're about to listen to. Dr. Khalid Muhammad. In his beautiful oratorical, oratorical way, showing how it doesn't pay to be a black trader or a black coon for this goddamn low life savage crackers. Black power. Black power. This nigga, when they were getting ready to whip another nigga, that's not my word. That's their word for us. And if everybody stands up in front of you and dresses it up and tiptoes through the tulip. That was about the nigga word. That was Just Avis, Avis Renico. 
can get around it, don't rent the darn car to a nigga. That's what Avis said. How many of them saw it in the news? Avis said, look, the niggas were sick. They put out, they put their cigarettes out on the seat. Niggas leave chewing gum stuck on the steering wheel. Niggas have a flat, leave a donut on the damn car. They said the niggas just tap all the rental cars. Say, you know, we need their money, but we lose so much. Can you try not to rent to them, tell them something's wrong with their driver's license, their credit card?
the rest of the slaves. You had more food stamps than any slave in the community. Back we're talking about welfare reform. Democratic presidents signed it. Republican, uh, the Republican constituency behind it. Both Democrat and Republican. But this Negro, Alan Keyes, wanted to be a Republican candidate for president. And they had a debate down there in in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. He went down to the debate. Clinton is there, Slick Willie. That's what they call him, Slick Willie, and he is slick. Screwed everything that wasn't screwed down when he was in Arkansas. Had the state troopers sneaking women in, bringing them through the window, through the back door of the state house, throwing Hillary somewhere with the dog and the bird and that ugly little daughter they got. He <laughs> he used to smoke weed, but he didn't inhale. You know, why not just leave the lie alone? The old folks say if you tell one lie, you don't have to tell another one. He smoked weed, but he didn't inhale. Huh? This is crazy as it can be. Would you buy a used car from some a guy named from a guy named Slick Willie? He was there. Hugh Clannon was there. The multi-billion dollar pecker with the big ears. Pinocchio's nose grew from lying so much. You got a billion dollars, you're doing some lying and serious stealing. And you're white. So his nose is not <laughs> big. He was at the debate. All these big crackers, Alan Keyes, the Negro, saying he he wanted the good old days to come back. Now, I don't know what this nigga was thinking about. But somehow he worked up for that. Showed up in Atlanta as the Republican candidate, a Republican candidate to debate. Showed up at the door. They say, huh? He said, I'm, uh, I'm uh, Alan Keyes. I'm here for the debate. They say, for what? I'm, I'm, I'm a candidate for president. I'm here for the debate. They say, nigga, you here for what? <laughs> what you have to say, nigga? He said, but I'm a candidate for president. I'm a Republican. They said, nigga, you better get away from here. He said, but I have a right to come in here. They said, call the police. <laughs> On this nigga, put him in handcuffs, threw the Republican guy, Negro, running for the, for the Republican slot with some other Republicans in a police squad car and dropped his behind off in one of the worst sections of Atlanta, Georgia. I guess hoping he was beat upside the damn. So, other Negroes, he was a candidate for the high office of the presidency of the United States of America. To the crackers at the debate, he was just another nigga. Listen, nigga, you ain't got no business in here. And they didn't even let the nigga come in to use the toilet. Sent his behind away. You had other Negroes say that if they went Republican, they would have the keys to the White House. When it was over, niggas didn't even have the keys to the outhouse. But it makes no difference whether it's Republican or Democrat. And I'm going to say this, whether you like it or not, but somebody has to say it. It makes no difference whether it's an independent political party. Democrat 
Republican Independent Political Party, as long as you're playing by the rules of the white man, you still are not going to win. Separation is the best and only solution into a land or territory of your own. You say, well, I'm a black nationalist. Black power. Black Black power. Black power. Black Giving it up, you know, giving you the understanding that no matter what, you know, huh? If you go to some doors, man, they're gonna be closed forever. Hmm. Anybody got anything they want to add on to that? Like, power to the family out there listening. People on the line. Yeah, power. Oh, he said it, you know, he said it all, you know. <laughs> and said, well, call the police, dude. <laughs> <laughs> shit has me crying. Oh, shit, I was busting up, man. <laughs> Nigga, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> do what? Call the police, man. <laughs>
Next I'll tell the nigga hurry up and goddamn what you call it? Uh, uh, what they what they be want to meditate this world to a better place? Then nigga hurry that shit up. Because until then, nigga, shit your ass down. Black power. There's no way you can't redefine something. Because bad is, look, man, ain't nobody told people stop. Yo, listen, when did they stop telling us stop saying bad is good? Never. Yeah, never. We can still say, yo, that's the, yo, that was, that's the, yo, that was, that's was bad right there. And and know that that bad means good. But then he says, look, man, you can't use bad for good, and, and they can't be two things at once. Depending but on. Man, how they you. don't even argue over the word dope. Mm-hmm. All right now, all right, right? now. You can say dope on that dope. They cool with that. See, motherfuckers, it's just sissify shit. That's what he was talking about. That's just sissy talk. You know what I'm saying? That's what sissies hide on. Black power. It's called path of least resistance. That's what a sissy always going to look for. I I don't want no truck. I, I. You know, they're going to come and, you know, I just ain't ready for that right now. You suck that. Shut your ass up. Black Power. Dr. Khalid Muhammad's mind was straight, unlike uh, those of today, some of those today that are coming at the people about. Uh, saying the N-word or cursing. That's another thing I loved about Dr. Khalid Muhammad. Uh, he cursed. He felt um, out of his own mouth. I'm paraphrasing. You know, anything the cracker say is bad, he say it's good. And I was with that, black power. You know, uh, they, they, the cracker got to have a reason for calling these curse words. You know. But was you busted fucking your mother? They want our people back in the day catch y'all fucking with your mama and all that shit. You know? Y'all the worst of the worst. The low of the low. So, maybe these words were used to describe you by my ancestors. So I'm going to hold on to that. You know? Uh, uh, I have, you know, I have that right. I have that right to redefine it. But the thing that I, you know, he kept it 100 at all times, he hate the cracker beast like he was supposed to, and he loved his people like he was supposed to. That is breaking down the white defense mechanism that has been programmed in our mind. He shut that shit down. Black power. Um, I had wanted to share, you know what I'm saying, uh, a quote from him. It, it, it comes from one of his lectures. But, like, the one thing that, that stood out to me with this quote is, you know what I'm saying, like, he he's just different than, you know what I'm saying, any of the other people that's, that's calling themselves Muslim or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I know it was brought up. 
you know, how we love Dr. Khalid and, you know, we don't do the religion. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't see anybody, you know, claiming any religion today that is no anywhere close to the level that Dr. Khalid was on. Nobody. So I just want to say, uh, do this quote, you know what I'm saying? Um, he said, before the coming of the white man, we didn't have to deal with a book to give us our morality. We didn't have to deal with a Bible. The Bible comes within a 6,000-year span. The Quran comes in a 6,000-year span. You think we, the original man and the original woman, had to wait until 6,000 years ago for some prophet Muhammad? I beg your pardon. Mm. We didn't have to wait for these books. We didn't go in a church. We didn't go into a temple. We didn't have to go in any of these places. Our every action, our every heartbeat, our every, ever, um, every pulse beat was a prayer in harmony in line with the divine universal order. Talk black to me. <laughs> he was going in. And, like you know, that's just, to me, that's just different. That's on a whole nother level than, you know, some of these so-called um, leaders saying that we curse, that we come from a curse. Our features are cursed. You know what I'm saying? I don't hear that in, that, in, in Dr. Khalil Muhammad. And I don't know if I'm explaining it right. You know, just when it, whenever it just comes to that, he's just different. He's different, you know. Queen, I think you broke it down beautifully. Black Powell. Black Powell. Thank you, Queen. Yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Because that's real. That's why we could deal with it. Because Kyle, he, you know, you had already, have you never heard him make that statement right there? You know, this is the first time you heard that quote. But you've seen other lectures that he's done. Then you pretty much get the gist that he was already on that path, even though he, you know, he um, dealt with the, the stream of thought that he came through. You know what I'm saying? He still let the people know that, listen, man, this is just how, this is what molded me on how I'm thinking. But I ain't dumb on this shit at all. You know what I'm saying? He gave, he, you know, that's even when in that um, debate against Hilda, he, he was telling me, he was like, listen, man, this, this joke is just that a star was, was Satan. Man, he said, yeah. and I charge this joker with that. When he get up here, man, make this, make this answer to this. Lord, he going to take our black God and then what? He take that and then what we going to have, him? Mm. Brother Vaughn, you can play that later? All right, yeah, I can find and that, that. That's a good one. Um, but to what the queen was saying, um, I need for somebody to show me one time when he was giving a lecture before his people and he put up a Muslim scholar that you should read to seek your liberation or to find <laughs> your culture. Name me one. Never. <clears throat> okay. But I heard about Dr. Ben from Dr. I say. Okay. Dr. Francis, Francis Chris Wilson. Come on, we just um, heard that. Dr. Richard yeah. King. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the strength of the black civilization. Okay, now. 
He did yeah. say Naeem Akbar, but that ain't even, he's Naeem Akbar from the NOI. That ain't even Islam. You don't even know what that is. That's no other shit. That's where Kali came from, buddy. That's something different. It ain't Islam. They call it that, but that ain't what it is. Because you couldn't come to no thought like that in Islam. Now, I have one of his books, in fact. You know, before I found out the deal, I had a book of his uh, for a long time called no. Egyptian uh, Symbolism and Shit. Uh, I, I had a book bound. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he put together some pretty good put together some pretty good work. I know he helped me understand the concept of how one plus one could equal three. Mm-hmm. It says, um, let's see right here. Yeah, I like that part um, when he was debating Anthony, that, that crack or whatever, Anthony Hilton, and they was talking about the eye on the back of the dollar. And uh, Dr. Khalil's like that. I think he said it wasn't no eye. Hey, Rude, that, he said, that's a cracker eye. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Khalil was a true warrior, y'all. Word. Yeah. Uh, I ain't never hear nobody give it up to the cracker like that. Since, before or after, you know, only thing that is parallel to that would be um, Dr. Ben chopping up that cracker and uh, Dr. Clark at that debate. But, you know, Dr. Khalil was that young warrior underneath Dump Jeff just was, woo. You know, he was younger than that. You know what I mean? He was mm, incredible. Black power. Ah, sir. BB for Holy A family. BB for Holy A family. Black power. This one, I, uh, Black power. This one, I add on one thing that I loved about the most honorable Dr. Uh, Khaled Abdul Muhammad was that he knew the cracker down to a science to a T. And the one thing that, you know, every good general could teach a soldier is to know your enemy. And the thing that I respect and love most about him is that he knew how to take the own cracker's language and use it against him in a way that was so cold. The way as smart as the cracker thought he was, he flip it on him, dig into his mind, and make the cracker put his own foot in his mouth and make an ass of himself. And there was no way, no matter how hard that cracker tried to manipulate that man's mind with his words he couldn't break him. And I think that that's one thing that the uh, the cracker uh, had an issue with when trying to speak on a public platform with the great uh, Khalid Abdul-Muhammad. They that uh, he dealt with his enemies very well. Uh, some of my favorite uh, Lectures by him is uh, the one with Sean Hannity, and when he's on the Phil Donahue show, and the goddamn white man and the white woman is a bitch. Uh, I could listen to to those uh, all day on a daily basis, and it's just nothing but food for thought. And it's sad that we lost that general the way that we did. Maybe uh, 
You know what I'm saying? Not have to relive that again. May our people not turn their backs on our greats and allow things like that to happen in any way, shape, or form. But I will say, may the spirit that Dr. Khaled Abdul-Muhammad lived through us all, and may we take his spirit and his energy with the rest of our greats and our ancestors with us and our goal for our liberation. And, you know, happy soul of return to that general on this day. Beautiful holy day, Black Power. Black Power. Black Power, I share. Uh, yeah, I'm killing this. I'm, I'm finding this um, point right now. But how you doing? Are you, are you tonight, brother? Hey, Roar is putting this, putting that piece in, and I definitely, I, I love that clip with him and on, um, on Donahue, man. You know what I'm saying? Because then you get the audience interaction also. I'm all right, family. You know, it's all raw. Dealing with a few things, but other than that, I had to come through, show love to the family, show, pay my respects, you know what I'm saying, to one of the greatest generals that the black community has ever known, and that is anybody being a melanated being should pay their respects to and, and, and make the path that he laid down, you know what I'm saying, the path that you want for your children, and may he be the reflection of the greatest black, uh, one of the greatest black African warrior generals of our time. Black power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And brother Rahe, you right? That's Sean Hannity. Oh, classic. Man. Call the devil all kind of devils to his face. If you got if you got some time, you know what I'm saying, before you add a show out, you know, if you got a few clips of that, could you throw some of that up in there? He literally spoke truth to the cracker beast in power. Black Power, fam. Bro, Griff. Black Power. Black Power. As far as uh, my, my, one of my, uh, what I remember college for, um, for real, for real, he, he was so, uh, college was so multifaceted, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to pick, like, one thing because he really had many, many attributes. That's how you know, you know what I'm saying? He was really <clears throat> he was really a blessing from the ancestors, you know what I'm saying? Because he was so thorough from so many angles, you know what I mean? Definitely a charismatic individual. Uh, the first time I really had got hip to him is when I watched his lecture, that goddamn Uncle Sam. And that right there, you know what I'm saying, the, the reason I gravitated to him so thoroughly is because... Uh, 
he was dropping jewels on the young cats that be out there in the street. He like, look, you know what I'm saying? When the police pull you over, you know what I'm saying? Don't be on none of that dumb shit. Don't be running your mouth. You know what I'm saying? You shut your mouth. You a soldier. You know what I'm saying? He broke the shit down so thorough. And along with that and the cultural knowledge, you know what I'm saying? He really took, you know, he took my learning to another level. That's when I knew, you know what I'm saying? The, uh, the you know, the war we were in, like it's something from, from, from past time. You know, a lot of people get it mixed up like we just got up in this in the 60s or the 50s when they was lynching us and what have you. But he was one of the, one of the you know, the uh, elders that you could see, like, this goes back to antiquity, as did John Henry Clark and, and, and Dr. Ben. And he let you know, like, this white man is your natural-born enemy, and there's no, you know what I'm saying, there's no compromise with him. So for you to think you're going to compromise, you basically sign your death warrant. And even to the last day, you know what I'm saying, he knew that they was going to kill him. He already knew the whole game. He held the line all the way to the end. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I mean? Piggybacking on what Brother Heru said, you know, like you said, salute to the general. And, you know what I'm saying? Bless me with some of that energy, my peoples with that energy to, keep, to hold the line because it's a raw deal right now. You know, shit is real raw. I mean, I'm wore down out here, banging every day, trying to maintain food, clothes, and shelter. I'm sure my other brothers and sisters is wore down just just trying to survive and maintain behind enemy lines. This shit is, you know what I mean, take a lot out of you. So sometimes you know, we just need love, just need to be acknowledged and shit, especially for the warriors. Man, you know what I'm saying? Whether could be feeling weak. You know I mean, baby's mom might be acting up, might be having different types of beef going on. And for the queens as well, I feel y'all's pain too. It just gets greasy out here. So much props to Dr. Khalid. You know what I'm saying? Hold the line, family. Black power. Like, God damn, 
you know? And then he also gives you the names of, like, he had mentioned there's 150 at, uh, ancestors, uh, um, excuse me, not ancestors, or at the time, uh, African warriors, male and, uh, uh, women and men, who were political prisoners. And he gives you the names, you know, names you might, I know I hadn't heard of before till I heard his lecture on some real shit, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that's another beautiful thing about um, what Dr. Khalid Muhammad gave to the, to us. Black Power. Black Power. Black Power. Well, me, uh, on a personal note, um, Dr. Khalid, he, he really... Um, woke me up, I'ma say that. I'ma say I was I was in the process of waking up and then my my king turned me on to the black holocaust. After that I was hooked. You know what I'm saying? I've been since then I've been in a fan. Just um just really fell in love with his with the bluntness. Of um, you know, like everybody been saying, he was real blunt and just was basically saying what I was already thinking, but just didn't think it was right for me to say. So I mean, he's just, you know, for me, he's right. He's he's number one for me. You know what I'm saying? Just cause shit, I'm 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 right here where I'm at now, 15 years after the fact. After his after his death, you know what I'm saying. Waking up, black power, black power. You know, Queen, you made me realize I had forgot where I was going with what, what I was saying. Um, for that, you know, when you see his lectures and you see that the murders was happening, then it's this it's the same shit now. So, you know, it's clear that we. If you're confused, or if I was confused, that we really at war, the fact that there's a continuation from the 90s to now with the murders of all kinds of our people, no matter what the age may be. You know, not too long ago we had a grandmother, right? So, you know, the shit is real. And he he really did his best to... Um, try to wake us up to see that we at war and we need to um fight back, you know. Uh, and not just fight back, we need to be proactive, you know. We need to be on an offensive uh, type of mindset in terms of the success of our people, you know. And the reality is that the success of our people hinge on the ability of our people to overthrow our oppressors. You know, it is not as if we have free uh, reign here where we have self-determination. That is denied to us as a whole. I don't give a fuck how many, you know, squeeze through the crack. That structure, that reality is there upon us. You know, uh, you're giving birth, we're giving birth to children born into that. We didn't ask to be here. 
since they did not ask to be here and we decided to bring them here, the least we can do, God damn it, wake the fuck up, realize we have war and do something about it. Black power. Black power. Black power. And Queen, Black Holocaust is one of my all-time favorites as well. You know, um, the Witchwood Lecture of Dr. Khalid is not, <laughs> you know, bullet or the bully. No holes barred. When he got on the white Christmas shit, I can't think of the full title of that. The goddamn white man. That's okay, now. One. Woo! Mm-hmm. I sound like a mom. Definitely walk away feeling good to be an African. Sister, come here. Was that in his first section or in his rebuttal? That was the first one. first part, yeah. Brother Boy, you know the reality is that you could just play it, King. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and all of it's good. Yeah. Play his entire part. You know what I'm saying? Give it to that beast. Yeah. I said. Yeah, and and I think it was so good for our people to see that. How lucky were they? I hope that it moved them. I'm quite for sure it had to touch somebody out there, which is good for us. You know what I mean? Because there's some they're out there. You know what I mean? They touching they, yeah. they people with the shit. You people always fuck with the cracker, though. And he was Hilda. He was like, damn. Got one of our most beautiful sisters, too. He said, I ain't mad at you, though. You know what I'm saying? I hope you wake up, come on back home. It's this nigga's wife and shitty co his wife. I'm like, got one of our finest. She, he's like, she'll be back. Don't worry about it. Ashay. Got the cracker rattle. Fuck it to his girl. Like, look, it's your wife, nigga. I'm telling you, your wife gonna gonna leave your ass to come back to her people's, nigga. But the way he, Tuki, the way he dogged that cracker beast, you know, listen, when I'm saying dog, he he was speaking the truth about him. Every description he gave him, every damn adjective was dead on. Ashay. Then he hit him. He hit him where it hurt. He now the clear said, "I hope that your wife doused you with gasoline and cut you in the throat while you sleep." There ain't no way in hell that, that the sister left that night and wasn't 
fucked up by what Kyla said. She had to think about that shit. I hope she had a plantation dream. Tell me. Oh, she cut a black eye that night. You just believe that. <laughs> Did the cracker put her in check? That's what the wife beat her about, raging bull. She tried to step up, too. was like, yeah, that's my husband. Da, da, da. He said, I hear you. I ain't mad at you. I know you're confused. He thought she was going to go in. He thought She thought he was going to go in on her. Like, oh, he sell out money. He's like, nah, you still my sister. I hear you. I ain't mad at you. When you wake up, though, we here. Yeah, it's crazy. He probably shook the white man up, dude. Had to come get him. Should have had a lot more protection, though, like Brother Heru was saying. No way in hell he's supposed to be fucking around with motherfuckers who he's not sure if they're looking out for his safety or not, especially at that point in his, um, <clears throat> at that point in his life when the nation just sold him out, or Farrakhan just sold his ass out. And you know what I love, too? When he got on there, he, he got after our people for being mental slaves. For for applauding that motherfucking low life cracker piece, for not getting up there and whooping his ass, chasing him out the building, that's mm-hmm. real. Mhm. A lot of our people sleep, man. They hear some strong little words. They be feeling guilty for, for saying fuck the cracker. They even thinking like fuck this motherfucking cracker. They think they think they're being better if they like they better than the average than you and me if they don't it's like I don't cuss, I don't I don't say cracker, you know what I'm saying? Not overstanding like I'm a- listen, I'm gonna say that whole part, right? But y'all talk about how how funny it is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this I'm gonna play this um this clip right here, man. And we're gonna just let college speak for itself. Let me see here.
Mike Powell. This is at Park in Atlanta. And, you know, when he's talking about this white woman, she's right there. She's a reporter. And he's pointing right at her. Hmm. By the end of it, she went to high north on the sideline because she couldn't stand him just bearing right down on top of him. I couldn't really hear it all that well, big bro. Oh, man. Damn. I'm going to try to find a way so I can uh, I'll try to send it to you. Okay. Got my little Gmail, my little Google joint. Uh, yeah. I'm going to put it in the hangout. Oh, shit. All right. So I jump in there real quick. Uh, and right after I do that, I'll with all this collar on with, uh, with, with Anthony Hilda.
Is that all right? Mm. I say. Mm-hmm. It was good for me. All right. Let's go. decided to 
state of California. Every law. Anthony Hilder wants to protect white supremacy. He realizes that his people are losing their grip and that they have kept him out of the main circle. And so he hopes, knowing that what goes around comes around, that as they lose their grip, that he will be able to trick you and we will come and follow him and the likes of him. Look at that old no-good, hook-nosed, bagel-eating, lock-eating, perpetrating a fraud, so-called Jew, how they did us. They marched with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. They came to churches just like this peckerwood, just like this ugly cracker. They came to church meetings and they pretended to act in our best interest. Read the book by Jonathan Kaufman called The Broken Alliance. A so-called Jew just like them. A white imposter Jew trying to steal our birthright. Knowing that we are the chosen people of God. Fulfilling the Bible prophecies and scriptures. The so-called Jew founded the NAACP. And from the early 1900s all the way up into the 70s, all the way almost into the 80s, the NAACP didn't have a black head. They had a white head for all those decades. They marched with us.
Now he's slick. He's slick, all right. And for him to come with a black woman, that's the ultimate thing. He came with that out front. And he thought that would go real quick. One day that'll get you killed, Cracker. Hey, 
That was spoken right there, man. Huh? The realest shit that was spoken right there, man. A lot of niggas kick that shit, talk that shit. A lot of niggas don't walk that shit, man. And that's some of the that's one of the college realest, realest, realest motherfucking speeches right there. I'm real talk. So you dealing with the subject. Right then and there. You got it right there in front of you. No, no, no chase. Straight raw. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Black power. Nothing watered down. Hmm. Putting shit in proper light. Flip is so hypocritical with this European homie. You could use you could use anything against him because he's hypocritical. That's why he's so fucking dangerous. That's why he's so unpredictable. That's why people don't know how to really deal with this motherfucking European. Because when you're dealing with a hypocritical, confused motherfucker, so when you confuse, you'll pick left or right. That's why the best word you can use to define the European is menacing. And chaotic. Savagery. And for us, our generation, Khalid Muhammad is the second coming of Malcolm X. When Malcolm X passed, and you hear his last speeches, he was saying he wished he produced. And then when we become politically mature, we'll see the world for what it is. And then we won't be scared of this white man. And we'll see if this white man is, is only in the prison end because they 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 bring when they they in numbers. You see what I'm saying? Nothing to keep in mind too for our generation when it comes to Khalid Muhammad is that you see the you see the consequences for for speaking truth. We living in we living in false times right now. It don't get no faker than it than it is now. In fact, the whole culture is fashion infatuated with falsehood and fakeness. Whereas, and, and see that's 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 something motherfuckers don't know when they don't study history, which is best qualified to those who do their research because we are sixteen years into this new century. An elder told me today called the Sweet Sixteen, baby. We're in the sweet 16, right? Those of us on this line was all born in the last 20 or 30 years of the previous century, and we hold the sentiments of that last century coming through this next century. You see what I'm saying? 
We are 100 years into the Marcus Garvey movement. Yes, baby. We are a century in. So the only Negro, you know, you know, when we talk about a, a politically mature African, we talking about Khalid Muhammad because a lot of people think that we can, like, you know, y'all play a lot of good clips tonight. Let me do is that we can destroy it from the inside out. But if it's in, if the inside is, is hypocritical, it will, it will, it will, it will turn you out to becoming hypocritical. You see what I'm saying? Everybody that's every American or anyone who braces American culture has some hypocritical uh, 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 dilemmas in their life. I'm speaking for self, and I know I'm speaking. I'm speaking for self because I'm the best example, really, to talk on the line. But I know everyone else suffers that same dilemma. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Meaning, 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 meaning. On one hand, even even if you're a militant, you forced to compromise because on on one hand, or another, you still have to buy water from these motherfuckers. You see what I'm saying? Pay rent, and that's necessary when you put in a certain you know pers- you know perspective. But like Kali, I was playing earlier. You know, when niggas love revolution, you know, <laughs> when they have a new love for this revolution, shit going to change. And I think that's what's taking place right now. Sometimes it takes a real, real, real hard situation. You know what I mean? And and, and Kyler was that Kyler was that manhood niggas that really, you know, like like you got some crackers who, like Donald Trump, he says shit that crackers don't want to say in public. Kyler Muhammad says shit black folks always start in their mind, always say it in public, but just didn't have a public venue to say it and didn't have a qualified nigga to say it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of niggas want to talk for the black community, but very, you know, that Django 1 in 10,000, very few you get a motherfucking qualified nigga that's really, you know, to speak for our community. And when you have that, that's when you have uh, what they say, a charismatic individual. You see what I'm saying? I think tonight is a good, a good, uh, good theme in regards to building up our ancestors. But you know, the question is always remain: Who's gonna be the next Khalid? You know, who's gonna be the next Khalid? I'm gonna put the S on it. Because you know, in, the in this sweet 16, we're going to need a few of them, you know, who can command. They may not have the same uh, uh, leisure of commanding as many as the Kyler did, but as long as they can command, they block. They can yeah. get with some niggas that can command their city. Yeah, no, that's where it started. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, you know, that's where it started, America, right? You know what I mean? That's, what the, that's why he had fire. He had fire. He's supposed to, he had fire to spark you where you at. When you when you hear that man, you can't listen to Kali and and still and, and stay. Uh, uh, you know, you you have to once you listen to him, you have to confront. If you hold on to certain lies in your life, you have to confront them. There's certain there's a certain amount of truth that he expounds on in every single lecture that he does, or any or any interview, or any time that you hear him speaking. Um, that make you confront certain um, lifestyles that you you might be dealing in that uh, keep you bound to the beast. He always keeps you thinking and reflecting upon self, how to make sure that you better in order to better the nation. So that's a, you know that's always a good thing about coming. And another thing y'all mentioned earlier. Name one, name one Muslim scholar that Kyle Muhammad bigged up. Elijah Muhammad. I can say that because 
I know a little bit about the little the, the religion. Elijah Muhammad was the only motherfucking scholar from America, from America, to see the practicalness in their faith, and also be the only one to really spot out. Because the Quran speaks very, you know, of the white man being a devil. You see what I'm saying? All the way down to right now, which are, you know, you you go into your corner store. You knew Arab corner store, him calling you Habibi. You know what I mean? If you accept that, you know, a nigga call you a black slave. You know what I mean? A lot of motherfuckers, a lot of motherfuckers kicked their faith shit. See, everybody got to have their platform. See, a lot of mama took a platform that was religious, but blackened that shit up till it couldn't be blackened no more. He blackened it up so much that after that nigga dead now, it, you you know, this shit is so watered down now. You, you feel me? That shit is like. He made it so black at that point in time that that no other Muslims she was but she wasn't messing with it. If you was an A round type of Muslim or any type of orthodox. Because the motherfucker motherfucker first thing motherfucker said was was Elijah Muhammad was teaching a face for a face, a false form of Islam, and so forth. And then, you know, they talk about Malcolm X going to Mecca, and so forth. But niggas don't even read Malcolm X's book. Malcolm X's book even said it. He, when he was in Mecca, them Arabs was trying to talk down on, on the teachers of Allah Muhammad. But see, back then, Arab Muslims was praying in motherfucking garages. You see what I'm saying? So Malcolm said, when they said, you know, they said, Oh, Aki, how could you follow a man like Elijah Muhammad who perverted the nature of Islam? Malcolm X said, nigga, how could you allow a man like that to rise? You niggas allowed these niggas, just, meaning they was closet Muslims. See what I'm saying? Meaning you wouldn't see the radical, just like, 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 okay, okay, okay. Who made this statement right now? Uh, uh, Samuel Jackson said that Muslims is getting treated like black males. He, he's saying that, and he know a little history when he say that. Feel me? Because the only motherfuckers who was able to have that shit flourish in, 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 in America was blacks. If you do the history, look at it. The Turks came, the Turks, when they came over here, they didn't, they motherfuckers, they didn't come over here looking for uh, 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 influenced whites. You see what I'm saying? They came to a black community. They came to black communities. Yeah, you know, uh, man, I, I had some information on that. I'm about to pull this information on why they was let in, you know, certain things saying that they were, you know, that they could see that the black people wasn't going to stay stuck with Christianity and that some of them had to be moved over to something else. So they had to be given a, Islam, a, a, a weaker type of Islam. That's why they was allowing, you know, the Turks and Indians to come in early with that, with uh, a more Indian type of Islam, not a, not that hard line, real, you know, that hard line. Islam. Well, that's a whole that's a whole another that's a whole another uh situation. But there is some information out on on the uh, on that Islam being let in. But um. Whatever you say, anybody want to add one to anything else before you move on to another clip? Well, right, right, Let's see. 
Could you play? Could you play with Brother Hey Rule? Um, requested earlier with uh, uh, Sean Hamney, goddammit, on how to deal with crackers, and how to talk to crackers, and how to look, how a whole interview with a cracker is supposed to take place, and what the whole proceeding of a cracker when the interview is about, and what the crackers really trying to get and prove to you when they're talking to you, especially on the radio. Yeah, I got it pulled up. I'm trying to make sure I got one that's the best sound quality. Because it got a little, it got a little noise in it. Don't get no better than that one. Blacks are the chosen race. What about white people? I would have to ask you that. What about white people? Oh, I'm asking. We're, we're both human beings. Uh, uh, blood that rose, runs through your... Clear, clear as ever to me, buddy. All right. All right, we're going to start that over. Black Power, this feet on the ground radio, you know, is uh, we rocking through on this happy college day, you know, um, Holy day for the for that black African family. And so right now what we're gonna do, we're gonna play this we're gonna play this interview for the family, we're gonna play it in in its entirety, and that's Khaled Muhammad versus Sean Hannity. Again, it's gonna be played in its entirety. Sit back family and take a listen. We thank you very much for coming out and we'll be on when it's over. Blacks are the chosen race. What about white people? I would have to ask you that. What about white people? Oh, I'm asking. We're, we're both human beings. Uh, uh, blood that rose, runs through your veins is equally as red as the blood that runs through mine. Do you think you're in some way, shape, matter, or form superior to me? Of course. You are. So all black people are superior to white people? By God's own ordination, yes. Mm-hmm. Then why in our society, for example, are, is the black race or African Americans experiencing so many problems that they're experiencing? Well, you know the answer to that, and the... No, I know, no, that's why I'm asking the question. The cynical tone in your voice doesn't erase the fact that you know. It's due to the wickedness of white America. White people all over the world, excuse me, white people all over the world have gone into the house of black people, brown people, and red people, robbed them of a knowledge of self, taken their land over, renamed the land, colonized them, enslaved them, and put them under their yoke and way. So whites are in the superior position no matter what the social, political, political, economic, or religious order, because of the wickedness and the underhandedness of the white man the world over. Sir, but not all white people are evil, wicked, or, or sir, endorsing. Sir, I have sir. never, I have never enslaved any human being. Let me finish my point now. I have no, never, I have never enslaved any black person in my life, nor would I endorse that or support that. Uh, I certainly look and view the slavery or the his- history of slavery in this country, for example, as evil reprehensible against the will of God in our society. Uh, Many white people fought for the freedom of slaves. Uh, Many people risked their lives, uh, as did Harriet Tubman, uh, during the Underground Railroad to see to it that that evil was uh, changed in our society, and I think that was a good thing. I think when you look at the marches of Martin Luther King, uh, white, black, together marched for equal justice in our society. Uh, Certainly, you're not going to impugn the whole race of white people, are you? What I am going to say after such a strong statement is that whenever there is any sign of what even appears to be righteousness and that 
which appears to be a spirit for justice and fair play and fair dealing, I am not one who would blanketly criticize that. If indeed that is your spirit and your personality, and if indeed you can point to many others who are that way, then certainly I would respect that. Then why should I have respect for you if you don't equally respect me in that vein, if you look at yourself as far superior to me? I am not one who would just look at myself far superior to you, but let me point this out to you. White people, you should be having this show with one of your own. White people teach that they are the father of medicine, the father of music, the father of history, the father of philosophy, the father of the sciences, the father of all of the disciplines of the world. I think that is a very ethnocentric and a very racist, white supremacist view. They teach us that angel food cake is white, devil's food cake is black. You wear white to weddings and you wear black to funerals. It's not good to lie, buddy, but if you must lie, it's all right if you tell a little white lie. If these one is the black sheep of the family, black ball, you blackmail you. If I go to the pool room for a little game of pool, you got a white shiny ball on the table, knocking the hell out of the black ball, the brown ball, the red ball, and all of the balls of color, and the worst ball on the table is the black ball. If I go to church, you got a blonde haired, blue eyed, pale skinned white Jesus when the Bible says that Jesus is a man with nappy hair and black skin. So white supremacy runs throughout every phase of white society the world over. So my position on this show this morning is not to establish some grandiose and way out black supremacy, but to fight white supremacy and meet it head on. And do you think most Americans, especially white America, is racist and against you to the, to the degree that you're... Of course, most interested? white Americans what percentage are you say? The United States government boasts about the fact that it is a government where minorities and where the majority rules and the minority has to go along with the what degree of Americans. So if you have an overwhelming majority of white folks who are so fair and good-hearted in America, why haven't your overwhelming majority of white folks stepped forward to do something about the wretched condition of black people here in America? Well, haven't we made some strides and turns and no turnabouts? No strides since 1960. None at all. No, let me tell you why I mean that. I would like you to explain that. During Reconstruction here in America, there was a civil rights bill passed at that time. Black people held all kinds of political positions, and it looked like a period of political like a turn after slavery for black people in this country. There was even a voters' rights bill, and all of that was passed. But when white folks got sick of that, they blocked the doors of Congress. They drove black people out of all the political positions. And so a hundred years after that civil rights bill, another civil rights bill had to be formed and fashioned. Now we're debating and arguing with George Bush over the voters' rights bill. We already had one. That means it wasn't worth the paper that it was written on. Look at all the treaties that the white man signed with our brothers and sisters, the Red Indians. Treaties that would wrap around the globe and then some and broke every treaty that he signed with the Indians. We can't trust that anymore. Can't trust it. Let me ask you this. Why is no, it then no, that no. so many, let me ask you a question. Why is it then that so many African Americans today uh, are making it in an inclusive society? Why are they becoming successful? Why are they prospering? If America were as racist as you're describing it today, I'm talking about mainstreams like Oprah Winfrey, the multitude of talented uh, black African-American uh, athletes in our society, the talented African-American business people in our society, uh, the Colvin Powell's, the Arsenio Hall's, 
uh, and the list, the Bill Cosby's, the, uh, the list goes on and on and on. Are these all Uncle Tom's? Uh, have these people sold out? Uh, how would you describe and categorize these, these successful very, blacks in our society? These are very God-gifted and very talented Absolutely. black people. But they are also, Mr. Hannity, exceptions to the rule. Uh, they do not reflect nor do they represent the poor, suffering masses of black people. Well, why aren't you there? Why aren't you there helping them instead of creating this Let's animosity and hatred and race divide? We create no animosity and hatred. Uh, it's not animosity. You're not creating animosity to white people listening to this program when you arrogantly step on your high horse and say that you're superior to whites. I'm not concerned with what white people think about what I'm saying on your program. Nor am I concerned about what you say and what you think. But let me point this out to you. Yes, sir. Over 20 years ago, President Lyndon Baines Johnson organized the Kerner Commission. Mm -hmm. And the Kerner Commission, this prestigious, uh, pristine presidential commission, was to go out and study throughout America and determine the main problems in America dealing with the races. They came back with conclusive proof to the president and to the White House that the number one problem in America today is white racism. They said there are two major situations here, two Americas, one black and one white, separate and unequal. Twenty years later, today, the Kerner Commission has reconvened, and they say that the problems of yesterday are worse today than they were yesterday. Mm -hmm. It makes no difference that black people are mayors and that black people are public elected officials. The masses of black people are still catching hell. And if our condition is worse, in spite of all of these, what appears to be surface window dressing gains, then it really means nothing. Oh, so these people are just flukes, uh, just very talented people that have... Well, I'm not going to sit here and let some devil attempt to put me in a position. Oh, I'm a devil. Am I a devil? You are attempting some devilishment on this program. I'm you a devil. You want me to speak against my sister Oprah Winfrey. Mm -hmm. You want me to speak against my brother against Bill Cosby. No, sir, sir, sir. You sir. think I'm some lightweight, so you want to <laughs> put me in a corner to say something against them. That sir, is a devil. devil who would try oh, that. Oh, so I'm a devil. You're acting like I'm one. Acting Are like you one? No, sir, I'm not a devil. Well, don't act like one. I'm not acting like one. No, sir, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you, sir. I admire the talents and abilities and the contributions of African Americans wherever they might come from. See, my Thank vision, you, my vision, sir, of America is far different than yours. As you see, I see this should be. But what I see, is, well, I don't think so. I think I think America is meant to be an inclusive nation where all people can prosper and be successful. It didn't start out that. Well, if you let me finish my thoughts, I, I, I allow you to speak uninterrupted here. Certainly, go right ahead. What I'm trying to point out to you is that if America America is going to be inclusive, if we are going to create this avenue or window of opportunity for all people, what I would like to see instead of the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, or some of the racist bigotry that you're spewing on the program today, I would much prefer that we see black, white, decent, good, wholesome Americans that believe in values that are strong, family-oriented, that will keep this nation strong, uh, going forward, working together, and becoming successful. You don't share that vision. You would much prefer the separatist uh, vision. Would um, you like for me to speak on what I do feel rather than you be my spokesman? I'll tell you what. As soon as Are we you come my up, national assistant? Would you like me to be? No, I, considering I'm a devil, you wouldn't want that to happen. We'll I take a break. I'm a devil as my national assistant. I'm a devil. Come back. We'll talk more with Khalid Abdul Muhammad. He's a national assistant to Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam. And we'll open up the telephone lines this morning as well. If you'd like to be on the program from Huntsville, all of Madison County, 830-2277, 830-2277. Toll free this morning if you're on cellular one at star 770. And you can join us from Limestone County, 232-3911.
WBNI News Talk time now is uh, 1020. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More of the Sean Hannity Devil program coming up next right here on AM 770 WBNN. Now, good morning, and thank you for listening to AM 770 in the Sean Hannity program. Some categorize this as the Devil's program as we talk about the issues each uh, Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, Monday through Friday. You can join us 2 to 4 in the afternoon as uh, we have our in-depth dialogue and discussion about the issues of the day. Khalid Abdul-Muhammad joins us, national assistant to the, you don't like to call him Reverend, but to Louis Farrakhan of the nation. Uh, Minister uh, Louis Farrakhan. Minister Louis Farrakhan. And we're talking d- during the break that uh, you find it interesting. What do you want for the nation of Islam? You want a separate nation, is that right? We want freedom and independence, however that can be achieved. Mm-hmm. If indeed white people are willing to go through the painful and painstaking uh, process of mental and spiritual and moral and ethical change, then indeed we as black people, since we've been here in America, we have fought for many years to be included in the mainstream of white America. Now we have determined that as God's hand is stretched out of judgment against America, that we must do something for ourselves and we must build a nation of our own. That is not to say that it is to be a nation so separate until we want to rule over white people. We have no desire to rule white people. We want to express Kuchichagalia, our self-determination, over our own destiny. If we have a hospital and white people are ill or need attention, they would be welcomed into our hospital, and we wouldn't use them as guinea pigs the way they use us in their hospitals today. If you need a loan and you're qualified and you came to the black bank, we wouldn't redline the districts the way you've done against us. If in our political structure we wouldn't set up gerrymandering and all of the redistricting in our system, we would have fairness. We could never treat white people the way they treated us because God just didn't make us that way. He just didn't give us that kind of heart. Let me ask you a question. If I were to say all blacks uh, were drug addicts because of the actions of the few, would you find that offensive? Because there are black drug addicts in our society. I don't find anything offensive that white people say. Okay, but, but if it's it it true, it would be all right with me. Okay, let's say a black person said that. Would you find that offensive? No, sir. If a black person said that, I would know that they have been robbed of a knowledge of self. They've been brainwashed by your people. And we would take the time and the love and give some care and sensitivity to the situation to try to open their eyes. Well, the thing, the point I'm trying to get to here is that uh, the bottom line is the way you talk about white people, you put them all in this one category is that they're all racist, they're all against black people. Uh, you're shooting the character of the white race. I believe that there are some white people who do good. You do. I believe that there are, I don't know if they are good, mm-hmm. but I do know that there are some white people who do good. But let me say this, you've got to understand the sensitive nature of this. When white people came to America, they didn't just come in showing open hatred for the Indians and just killing Indians and mowing them down. They came in smiling at them, winking at them. They pretended that there was loving, caring, and sharing. The Indians taught them agriculture, taught them of their customs and ways. They even intermarried. But as soon as the Indian dropped his guard and the white man learned the ways of the Indian, they destroyed the Indians in a mass genocide plot. The set, now the original owner of this nation is selling moccasins and blankets on a reservation because they trusted the white man. When the white man came to Africa, he didn't just come in killing black people and showing open, bitter hatred. He came in as a friend and a sincere advisor. He came in and we rolled out the carpet for him. We gave him the best of our society and our world, and now we are held captive as slaves 
inside of America. So the blacks and the Indians and the minorities in our society of angels of light and the wicked white people uh, have always uh, uh, decimated any other race besides themselves. That's what you're saying? I told you, you're my, if you're not my national assistant, you're certainly my Huntsville spokesman. I'm your Huntsville I could, spokesman. I couldn't have said it any better than that, John. <laughs> that's, that's your viewpoint on that. That's, oh, that's your viewpoint. And I like it. You like that? I like it. It's not my viewpoint, though, because what I hear in, in you is somebody who's extremely racist, biased, and bigoted. And I'm you're not extremely racist, no, I, I biased, you are. and bigoted. Well, you are racist. You biased. cannot compare me with the Klan. Oh, I certainly could. Absolutely. Absolutely. No one has ever enslaved the Ku Klux Klan or David Duke or the skinheads. No one has ever robbed them of their name, their language, their religion, their culture, God. No one has done anything to Let me them. ask you a question. How long are you going to stay How in the past? How long are you going to stay in the, the past? past you going to is in the present. I just, uh -huh. I just gave you the report from the Kerner Commission. Uh -huh. We also have here the National Urban League, State of Black America. Jet Magazine just did a study that was done across the nation after 28 years, how much of Dr. King's dream has come true, and studies are being done all over. But if you're sitting here in a one room in Huntsville, Alabama, sitting behind a microphone being cynical and racist and bigoted every day, then you don't know what reports are out there in so the you're world. Saying I'm in another city are you almost saying, every day. What city are you in? Oh, you, you travel around the country every all day? All over, but I'm from New York. You're from New York. That's where I'm from. But the bottom line is, I want to ask you this. Why is it then that some African Americans are making it in our society? Uh, they're very talented. They're making contributions. Uh, why do you impugn the character of them? Why not talk about the never impugn the character of them? That's your devilish are. way to attempt to say that that's My what devilish I'm, way. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. So this, this is incredible. Let me ask you this. What do you think? What do you think is going to be the future of race relations in this country? Do you think we're going to have race wars? And are you going to be at the heart of it? Oh, what kind of silly little childish question is? I'm asking if you think whites are the devil and, and they've done all these terrible things. Do you want to go war against the white? I believe that there are some whites. I don't know how good their heart is, mm -hmm. but I do know that there are some whites who do good. You think that whites can get to heaven? I know that there are some whites. I know that there. Let me finish my point. I know that there are some whites who are standing up against their own people for the injustices that have been perpetrated against black people and dark people throughout the earth. But I can't trust them the way the Indians trusted them, the way my forebears trusted them in Africa. Even if I closed my eyes, I could never close both eyes. I'd have to always keep one eye open. Let me tell you something, sir, because uh, I am an Irish American. My grandparents came here from Ireland in the early part of this century uh, at a time when in Boston and New York and in Philadelphia, it said outside of almost every shop, Irish Catholic need not apply. Uh, within my family history, uh, there is a, a large degree of racism and hatred and bigotedness that my family had to go through. That's white on white crime. Okay, and there's plenty of black on black crime in our inner cities today. Nothing to compare with the millions that white people have killed in their major wars. And you are blinding the yourself to the murderers, truth, sir. The white mass murderers, the white serial killers, and, mm -hmm. and the uh, gazes, and the... And then black selling, each other, black, black selling other black drugs, and shooting each other, and fly by shootings, and crips, and blood. Robbed, and, uh, robbed of a knowledge of self by white oh, people. Blaming white people for their problems. Blaming white people for their problems. take a people and completely destroy them. What else do you expect? Nobody ever destroyed you, mm -hmm. but you murder millions of people and drop bombs on anybody, sir. I've never dropped a bomb on anybody, sir. Now, you're trying to drop bombs on this radio. Sir, I'm not trying to drop bombs. You're, you're just too light. You're a bombastic little, uh, little, uh, uh, come on, of with it. come on out with it. What's the matter? You got a problem? You're getting upset? You want to calm down? Come on out with it. You're just stumbling and stumbling. You're, you're an ignorant fool. We are ignorant fools, if I'm one, because you are certainly complimenting me. But I, I came in the spirit that you're giving me. I attempted to talk to you in the hall. I said, so I, I told you to you. turn this volume down sure. to let you know what my true spirit is, 
But I said, you continue to conduct yourself as a devil. And I said to you, as long as you do that, that's what you'll get from me. Okay, now, if you want a more intelligent conversation and exchange, I will give you that. Okay, well, why, don't you you talk, why don't you talk to the caller? Sean is a devil. I will, but I said that Sean is acting like a devil on the program. But he is. The wider Sean is a devil. He just said I'm a devil. You think I'm a devil, Todd? Uh, I, I don't think so. Uh-huh. I mean, look, if I'm the devil or if I'm the epitome of evil, so you should I don't believe you're the epitome of evil. Uh, I'm just the you're evil. a lightweight. I'm a lightweight devil. I'm a lightweight evil devil here. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. interracial marriage, sir. Uh, no, sir. Are you against that, uh, Todd? Do you do you believe interracial marriage is wrong morally? Well, uh, it, uh, I don't think it's wrong. Let me ask you, what, what do you think about what uh, the Khalid Abdul Muhammad is saying on the program today? Do you find it offensive? Do you find it shocking? Do you think he's going to be at the forefront of a major racial war? Are you going to be? Do you think he's going to be at the, the forefront of a racial war in our society? What do you think about the hatred that he's spewing? Um, I'm spewing love for my people. Thank you. 
taking responsibility for their lives. And uh, the Bible calls people to repentance, not pointing the finger at other races. And uh, and I feel as a pastor that if uh, that the only reason that the nation of Islam and uh, demagogues like that have any voice at all and any power at all is the failure of the black church to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in the neighborhoods and in the streets. And if they would do that uh, and call call black people to take responsibility for their lives through the power of God, that uh, the nation of Islam would have no authority and no moral voice at all. That's what I feel. That's all I really got to say. If you want to address that or answer that, he can. Okay, you want, would you like to address that, Mr. Mohammed? No, sir. We oh, yes, no caller. I appreciate that. we got to take a break. We'll come back. One open line, 232-3911. If you'd like to be on the program today, 232-3911. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Good morning, and thank you for listening to AM 770 in the Sean Hannity program. We're here live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 in the afternoon, Saturday, 10 a.m. till 12 noon as we talk about the issues of the day. Khalid Abdul-Muhammad joins us, National Assistant to the Minister Louis Farrakhan. And we're taking your telephone uh, calls this morning, 232-3911. Reverend Farrakhan has said on occasion that uh, Judaism is a gutter religion. Do you believe that? Said, Minister Farrakhan has never said that Judaism is a gutter religion. I, I heard it myself on Phil Donahue. No, you heard it out of context. What he said exactly, I was present. He said, now that nation of Israel has not had any peace in 40 years and will not have any peace as long as it is structured on injustice and as long as, in paraphrasing, a people have been displaced and dispossessed from their homeland. He says, while you shield your dirty religion. Now, what he was referring to, sir, was he never mentioned Judaism anywhere in the entire speech. He never said Judaism. He never mentioned it. He was saying that if the world of Christianity would practice Christianity, the world would be a better place rather than professing it, as the gentleman said in a convoluted way, the previous caller. If the world of Islam would practice Islam and not just preach it, the world would be a better place. If the Jews would practice Judaism and not just preach it, the world would be a better place. So he was saying, your practice is different from what you profess and what you preach. They preach Judaism, but they are practicing their own dirty gutter religion. If they embrace Judaism, then the the principles, the moral principles and precepts of Judaism, as revealed by Moses in the Torah, would make the world a better place. But that is not what they're doing. Let me ask you a question. There was a journalist, his name was Milton Coleman, and if you remember, he was the one who put forth uh, the statement by Jesse Jackson. I remember as well. Town, and uh, he was angrily labeled Uncle Tom by Mr. Farrakhan, and he and others... He is a Tom. He is an Uncle Tom. Of course he is. Because he told the truth about a statement made by Jesse He violated the canons of journalism, and he violated the sensitive and very close and intimate relationship that a personal friend has with a personal friend. It was said off the record. It was understood that it was off the record. And then he didn't even have enough courage to leak it to the press under his own byline. He did it under someone else's byline. I would say that not only is he a Tom, but he's a a hypocrite, and he should not be considered a friend because of the serious violation of that. So if he tells the truth about a statement made by a public figure like Jesse Jackson, you consider that Uncle Tomism. However you want to word it, sir, I've made my statement. Okay, I have another question. Uh, I'll tell you what, why don't we go back to the phones. First, we'll check in with Chuck from Tony. You're live on WVNN and the Sean Hannity program. Good morning. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Good, great time this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Muhammad, I have a question. Oh, yes, sir. Mr. Muhammad, you don't think he's uh, bigoted against white people? Uh-huh. I don't. I'm not going to, um, 
take any comments on that. I just have one question for him. I think that I'm an unintelligent, uninformed, uh, devilish, uh, lightweight talk show host. Go right ahead. Calling in for some serious dialogue. You obviously don't want that. No, of course not. Okay, I think that some of the points uh, that Mr. Muhammad made certainly have some validity, and perhaps if I, if, uh, I was from um, that culture, and like he was saying, where people came in and, and were exploited, I would feel the same way. Um, but what I would like to know is he made a statement that the white man had uh, robbed the black man of, of his history and of his culture and of his God and everything. And I imagine that he would say that the white man did a pretty complete job of that. Is that so? Yes, sir. He did a very thorough job. A very thorough job. Okay. Well, then what I need, well, what I'd like to ask is if that's the case, and the history has been totally obliterated, how do you assert that the, the statements about being the father of medicine and the father of culture and the, the, all, all these uh, things that you're claiming that the, the Afrocentric type of thought, where does that information come from if the white man had done such a thorough job of obliterating it? There obviously wouldn't be any records of it. No, sir. Uh, you're misunderstanding the process. Okay. What we have to understand here is that we're looking at America, mm -hmm. and we should see America as a room, and the slaves are here in this room between these four walls, mm -hmm. robbed of their name, their language, their religion, their culture, their God, their folk ways and norms. But nothing was changed outside of this room. The manuscripts are still there. The Metunetera or the holy writings or the hieroglyphics on the walls still there. The texts from the ancient uh, writings are still available, but they were not made available to the slave inside of America. If the slave were caught even reading, the slave was beaten severely or killed or his tongue was cut out. Mm -hmm. Anything that shows the slave beginning to reach out, as Dr. Haley pointed out, in his great work, Roots, which was just a mild version, any sign of trying to learn and to hook back up with our ancient past was destroyed inside of America. But now we have black people that travel all over the world, scholars and scientists who are digging at the manuscripts and in and out of the great temples of higher learning and enlightenment of the world and reading the hieroglyphics, and this wisdom has come to us, and also God has raised a man in our midst the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, and now the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Let me ask you a question. Can white people get to heaven? Do you look at that uh, as a possibility? I don't know, sir. Mm -hmm. I'm asking, does your religion teach that in any way, shape, or form? What do you mean? Uh, oh, can only black people make it to heaven? Is what I'm I asking. believe that any person that performs a righteous deed, that God does not ignore the righteous deed of any doer, no matter what their color is. We believe that God is more interested in the righteousness of the person than in the color of the person. Mm -hmm. It just so happens, sir, that white people have been the number one perpetrators of the, all of these things that we have mentioned on this program have you met many, throughout the earth. Have you met many righteous white people in your life? I haven't met one, sir. You haven't met one? Not in your entire you life. Would you like to introduce me to one? I would be happy to meet one. I think you're looking for you one, but you think I'm a devil, so that's if okay. If you can find one anywhere, I'd be happy to meet you. You've never met, and, and most black people, are they righteous in your view? Most of the ones you've met? All black people are righteous by nature. Oh, okay. This is learned behavior. This is, these are the circumstances of 400 years of slavery, suffering, and death. 
These are 400 years of being manipulated and destroyed as a people. This is not the true nature of black people. So the black people are righteous and the white people are devils. Well, everything that is in the hands of black people to do evil with, white people put it in their hands. The guns you make, the drugs come in on trucks and trains and boats and planes. We don't even have a canoe. Mm -hmm. We're failing chemistry, most of us, because you didn't let us read for a long time. So we're not the ones making up all of these drugs. Well, the one thing that we're not doing is we're not, we're not lighting the pipes and we're not uh, injecting it into people's veins. The there's a personal choice that you totally, you totally negate. No, sir, there's no personal choice because oh, no. you robbed me completely of a knowledge of myself mm -hmm. and made me deaf, dumb, and blind. Take away all I responsibility for your own life. Took it all away because for 400 mm -hmm. years on the plantation, the slave had no responsibility. We're going to live in the past slave forever. condition, well, that is according to the leading psychiatrists and psychologists, there's a carryover today mm -hmm. in that psyche and that thinking. The problem is not with the crack. Mr. Hannity, the problem is with the cracker. And what about the person that takes the match and lights the crack beating black or he's white? He deaf, doesn't have any choice. He's a deaf, dumb, and blind person who mm -hmm. has been robbed of a knowledge of self. So a righteous, deaf, deaf dumb, and blind deaf. black person that does that is a fool. As the pastor said earlier, in a convoluted sort of way, this is a form of illegitimacy. This is the people who have been uh, strayed, who have strayed from the way of God, and who have been robbed of a knowledge of self. So they have to be made whole again mm -hmm. because this society has corrupted this. What a great thing. Take away all responsibility for your life if you're lighting a crack. I'll blame the slavery uh, argument from 400 crack, years ago. The problem is with the cracker. I think the problem is, is the lack of taking responsibility for one's life. If you like that crack vial, that's your problem. And you can blame white people all you want like. for that, sir. I would Nor would I, like. sir. And I would encourage everyone not to. Chuck, we'll give you a final thought here. We're going to move on. Any other any other thoughts today? Yes, I um <clears throat> I understand uh, Mr. Muhammad's um, viewpoint on being um, robbed, so to speak, of, of, uh, of culture by certain European powers. But I think that he should also maybe consider the fact that during that time of, uh, if you would, European exploitation of, of the world, um, that there that certain countries uh, who were in the business of exploiting exploited not only blacks but other whites and Asians, and that was just a period of exploitation. And by white people, is that correct? I beg your pardon. Was it by European white people? There was. During, in the, quote, age of discovery, certainly there was, between Spain and Portugal and, and black the slave traders and well. in England. No black slave traders. No white, no arrogant white man was going to buy slaves from another slave. He would take that slave who was trying to sell the slaves and all the rest of the slaves. Um, but I'm not, I'm, I'm all, what I'm trying to say, sir, is that over in, let's say, in the Eastern Europe, let's say in Poland, okay, there was a, there was a movement of the, Ger the Germans, the Austrians, and the Russians. Yes, and they moved into Poland and they dismantled the country. And yes, they robbed that people of their culture. White people robbing white people. Certainly. Yes, sir. I Certainly. Yes. And there were wars in Africa where they're not where black people would exploit other black people. Well, a war is different from slavery, colonialism and exploitation and misuse and abuse. Well, if it's a, if it's a quote unjust war, if it's a war of exploitation, then it's exploitation. Exploitation in any color is no good at all. Right. Okay. As long as we're clear on, on that, that it's not... I, I'm, we're just talking about the number one robber. The number one raper and lyncher and liar and exploiter. And that is the white person. Yes, sir. Continues to this day. We're going to move on. Chuck, thanks for your call this afternoon. We appreciate it. Jolie from Huntsville, first-time caller. You're live on WVNN and the Sean Hannity program. Good morning. Um, I only have really one thing to say. Yes. I think that both of you 
need to calm down and talk like civilized people. I'm civilized. I'm not calling another person a devil and evil and a lightweight. No, I, to, uh, I understand that, but uh -huh. the only way anyone can get along with someone else is to let them say that everyone has their own opinion on everything. Okay? I think another thing that I that I noticed is most of you keep on saying you people for all the whites and you people for all the blacks. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jolie, huh? Yes.
this inner city of children or this group of inner city of kids today uh, to the point where they can be successful. They can become the Arsenio Halls, the talented athletes, uh, the Colin Powells and uh, the Reverend Farrakhan's and the Jesse Jacksons of the future. What we must understand is that in our, an Arsenio Hall or a Bill Cosby, uh, if we had to look at um, a Spike Lee or, or an Oprah Winfrey, that is dependent upon white acceptance. White people must accept them and must allow them in. They are very talented, but there are many, many other black people who are equally, and in some cases, even more talented. Absolutely. White people only allow one or two token blacks in who will serve certain purposes. I was attempting to give my vision just before the news. Sure, go right ahead. And certainly I share with you, as many black people would share with you, that we have always wanted to see all of the races get along together. We have always wanted to see that kind of egalitarian society established where there is loving, caring, and sharing, and where that is abounds in the atmosphere. But as we look at it now, we can see that no matter how we face tanks and dogs and troops in the streets to keep us out of high schools, to keep us out of colleges and away from public accommodations, then to give us so-called civil rights and then turn around and take the civil rights gains back. Right. Now black people are beginning to come to the point where we want to just do something for ourselves and, I and let white people go on okay. and do whatever the hell I they want to do. Why then, for example, let's take any black inner city school system, for example, where it's totally run, totally monopolized by blacks. Why haven't they started to clean up their own community first? when slavery has passed so many years ago. Do you not do you not place any blame on them at all? I mean, you seem to advocate all responsibility for their behavior. Well, in all reality, some blame would have to be placed on well, them. Well, hallelujah. They, they are, are they or we are in that situation. The scripture says in Hosea, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But it goes on to say because they have rejected knowledge. Well, well there is but no insight. People, people perish too. But when a people, that's absolutely no religion. That's right. When a people are put at such a disadvantage, uh, Mr. Hannity, when people uh, have to deal with disenfran disenfranchisement and being displaced and dispossessed and robbed completely of a knowledge of self and the power of their own being, they don't always make the right choices or decisions. The educational system that has been put into their hands, it teaches them against their people. It, it reeks with white supremacy, and they are not able to bridge the gap between that and the growing consciousness that is coming up in the hearts and minds of the youth that they have to face each day. Let's go back to the phones. We'll check in first this hour with Bob from East Limestone. You're live on WVNN and the Sean Hannity program. Good morning. Yes, yeah, Sean, good morning. Wish to welcome your guest. He's a very articulate man. Yes. And uh, I used to teach uh, at Tennessee State University in Nashville, predominantly black school, and in a class on religion, uh, we dealt with the black Muslims, and I and my students read Elijah Muhammad's first major book, Message to the Black Man. I have a couple of questions I'd like to ask your guest, but I'd like for him to comment for your listeners on the way that the white devils were created on the island of Patmos by the mad scientist Yakub. Would he comment on that and explain it? I will be touching on that, sir, today at the Von Braun Civic Center at 2 p.m. If uh, you could come out to the Von Braun Civic Center today at 2 p.m., perhaps I, it's a very extensive subject. As you know, it begins on page 103 of Message to the Black Man, the great and illuminating book by the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, dealing with birth control, sex, and genetic engineering and the grafting process of grafting the recessive from the dominant. Uh, and touching on Mendelian law and other things, but I don't think that 
permit, and it's not a subject that I could just brush over lightly. But again, today at 2 p.m. at the Von Braun Civic Center, I can touch on it a little more extensively. Well, is there, let me, let me, is there yeah. a mission at this uh, tonight, do you know? Uh, there, the, uh, I believe the tickets are $7 at the Von Braun Civic Center. Okay, but I also understand that that's for those who will be dying. But there, is, uh, there are separate arrangements, different arrangements made for those who will not be there. Uh, let me ask, please, about the myth of Yakub, because it's very, just a small point, part of it is very right remain. Go right ahead. Uh, if, if, if white people are devils, and I'm not going to dispute that now, but if white people are devils, and according to the myth of Yakub on the island of Patmos, this mad black scientist created white people by continuing to cross till he got lighter and lighter skin, then I'd like to ask uh, the minister how he comments on white people being what they are as created by this mad science, black scientist, Yakub. Well, sir, white people are a part of black people. I would be one of the first to say that if that's what you're leading to. Uh, from the 30% of dissatisfied among black people, as we are taught by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, from that 30% of dissatisfied, we understand that in the original black man and black woman, that there was a weaker nature or a weaker germ, and a certain propensity or inclination toward uh, de deviation from God's divine law. And out of that nature of black people comes this personification that we call white man and white woman today. So your point is well taken. I, I hear under what you're saying that if white people are all that they are today and they come from black people and come from Yakub is the correct pronunciation, what does that say about Yakub and black people? The process was a purging process that was to last for 6,000 years. For us to see the weaker part of us rule us and govern us, the a part that became extremely wicked, far beyond what it started, and once we would come from under this, we would no longer allow this to creep back into our spirit and our nature again. But where are we in the 6,000-year period now? We are at the end of the 6,000-year period now. So and we how now on the Sabbath day, or the seventh day, which according to scripture represents now the coming of God and the establishment of God's order, a kingdom, here on this earth. Okay, my other question very quickly is when I was teaching at Tennessee State, I wanted my students to go to the local uh, mosque of Islam on Charlotte Avenue. Yes, All my students were black and I'm white. Yes, and I arranged this and one of my students came to me. Uh, they didn't have transportation, so I was going to take care of that. One of my students came to me very embarrassedly and said, Dr. See, she said, uh, you will not be able to go. Yes, and I anticipated what the uh, reason was. But I asked her because I wanted her to feel the thrust of this. She said, because you're white. Yes, and I felt that the student, I didn't feel offended myself. I think people have a right to exclude whomever they want. But I felt embarrassed for her and the other black students because they had already felt white racism against them. And now they were feeling black racism against me. Well, I comment on that. Could I go to a, a black uh, Muslim mosque today and be welcomed? I would love to comment on that for you. Sir. Okay. We have special occasions, only special occasions. The meeting today at the Bronx Bron Civic Center at 2 p.m., some of our mosque meetings, you can come to some of our mosque meetings, but only on very special occasions. Let me explain why, though, sir. The reason is because black people, again, have been so robbed of a knowledge of self, and as the scripture says, so spoiled as a people by the oppressed. And while we're trying to scrub up and clean up, so we close those meetings to the rest of the world until we can come out a polished people that God would be pleased with. So we certainly could not have you, sir, sitting in all of our meetings, 
with our lives and develop ourselves. Uh, Mr. Muhammad said that the black family is broken down in our society. That is so true. I have to applaud, though, his group for their efforts in the inner cities, uh, in the larger cities uh, in this country, because you cannot find the educated black person who has made it in the white man's society to go back in return to where he came from to help his people. So the Nation of Islam has my vote and my support to continue in its efforts. Okay, you going to go to the Sponbron Civic Center this afternoon? Unfortunately not. I have a one o'clock appointment that uh, will keep me away from it. But in the event that I do have some time, I will stop by. Also, I want to say this to both of you. Please, there is a book on the market now by Shelby Steele, uh, a black author. And the name of the book is The Content of Our Characters. And it is very good for not only black people but white people so that we can realize who we are from a individual standpoint as opposed to a racial standpoint. Sir, I share the vision as I uh, uh, mentioned earlier on the program. I think blacks and whites can make it in a society if we judge people by the content of the character. Uh, certainly we'll have black racists and white racists and white supremacists and black supremacists, but uh, in an inclusive society that is God-fearing and God-believing, I think it's possible to overcome all evil. I believe, let me make a quick statement here. I believe that there are many white people who would say the same thing that Mr. Hannity has said. As long as black people are willing to follow the rules, the regulations, and the laws that white people have already set up, as long as we're willing to go along with what's been going on, then white people get along with us fairly well. But when we stand up and express self-determination, as uh, one of the Supreme Court justices, uh, uh, Thurgood Marshall, who was with the Supreme Court said, he said the Ku Klux Klan no longer wears just white sheets. He said they now wear blue uniforms and black robes. So he even felt racism high up in the Supreme Court. Uh, we find this all over. The last point here, reverse racism. We keep hearing that on the program. If someone is able to come into your home and kick the door down with their weapons in their hand, rob everybody in the house and rape everybody in the house, and on their way out of the door, you kick them down and take their gun from them and put their gun to their head, does that make you a reverse robber and a reverse, reverse rapist? If the slave is able to take the whip from the slave master and start beating the slave master with his own whip that he's been beating him with for 400 years, does that make the slave now?
to get uh, uh, immediate there at the Civic Center. I wonder if they'd be able to do that. It seems that uh, mm -hmm. David used to have the county and everywhere they go to get smeared, smeared campaigns, riots, protesting. Don't you think and, David Duke, though, is a Nazi? Don't you think the Ku Klux Klan is evil? I think that uh, yeah, I Muhammad is uh, speaking evil towards white people. He asked you a question about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan. Answer the question. He asked you a question about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan. I do not think Mr. Duke is evil. I think he has a lot of good... He has Mr. Duke won 65% of the white church-going Protestant vote in his state. He does have a
comments. I didn't want to ask a good doctor or anything, but I've been listening to him. But, uh, you know, you can get a cause and get any people to back you up, you know, that's downtrodden or think they're part of that cause. Now, I'd like to know, and, and like I say, I don't want to comment or anything, but I wonder what his finances are. I wonder if he'd be willing to make those public, you know? Well, they certainly have an army of people protecting him here today. I'm sure somebody's paying for it. Yeah. Uh, how do you survive financially, Mr. Mahomes? Well, let's let this gentleman finish, and I'll answer both of you. Well, that, that was my only... Only question, really. Like I said, I didn't care if you comment or not because we I don't think you tell the truth. But uh, uh, you know, it's just like Jim Baker. You know, he had he had a lot of followers. And How many people told him about that? Jim Baker was white, sir. <laughs> so what? He just got a cause. I don't care if he's white, black, blue, or whatever. All right, thank you so much. Had a cause and, and uh, he found a cause and he found a way not to have to work for a living. What do you think about? Madison, you're live on WVNN and the Sean Hannity program. Good morning. 
Good morning. Uh, I just have a couple of comments. One of them, as far as one race being superior to the other, as far as the brain or whatever that may go, I believe that is uh, each individual. I believe there's individuals of both races that have the mental capacity to learn and become more knowledgeable than other people. I believe there is certain blacks that are smarter than certain whites. I believe there are certain whites that are smarter than certain blacks, but not, I will not draw a line and say all blacks are smarter than whites. I believe each individual, if you want to do that, you can put us both away and say simply because of the moral character, the Asians dust us both off. I mean, because, and it's basically because I see you make a the character and the learning and the discipline when you're young is what it takes to be knowledgeable and successful in life. It's not a matter of waiting and, well, I've been downtrodden now, all of a sudden I'm so smart, I'm going to learn everything. Well, it's interesting if you watch uh, Asians uh, succeeding or being so successful in this country, other people from other countries are coming here not speaking the language, not so caught up in the rhetoric and hatred and bigotry of racism. Uh, they're very successful in a short period of time. What I would like to see, and I think this void in the African-American community, is the leadership uh, that is pushing and pursuing excellence, uh, taking advantage of the American dream as other uh, immigrants to this country take uh, advantage of each and every day. American dream. It's only an American nightmare. Okay, there we go. Let me say this is the sure. I want to answer that. Certainly, uh, sir, I believe that there are very intelligent, very wise, and very smart white people among the white people, as well as among black people. What I was attempting to do early in the program was to address the very poignant question that came to me by Mr. Hannity. When I spoke of black people in a superior position, that was not to negate intelligence on both sides. I was collectively dealing with a collective history of black people being the fathers and mothers of the earlier disciplines that the world has based its foundation on. That's merely what I was talking about, going back to Socrates and Plato and Aristotle and Pythagoras and others, and studying the great scholars of the world who are now giving us information that shows that they made pilgrimages to Mecca, I mean not to Mecca, but to the Mecca of education of that day to Kemet or to Egypt and other parts of Africa. Kevin, uh, we're going to move on. Uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll continue. WVNN News Talk time now is uh, 11.40. No, sorry, good morning. Coming up on afternoon. Thank you for listening to AM770, the Sean Hannity program. As we uh, talk about and discuss, as we debate the issues of the day, each Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 in the afternoon. This afternoon, we're going to carry the program up until 12.15. And as we continue our discussion with Khalid Abdul-Muhammad, National Assistant to the Minister Louis Farrakhan, will be speaking this afternoon at the Von Braun Civic Center, 2 p.m. today. And the title of the lecture is, In Christ All Things Are Possible, A Bible Revival for Black Survival. And uh, if you'd like to go on down there, uh, you can do so uh, this afternoon. Uh, let's go right back to the phones. One open line, 830-2277. Someone fell off during the break. We'll talk uh, first with Janice from Hartzell, first-time caller. You're live on WBNN and the Sean Hannity program. Hello. Hi. Hey, Janice. Welcome to the show. Um, thanks. Listen, I wanted to ask, um, what, I don't know his name, but I want to ask him a few questions. Mr. Muhammad, yes. Yes, Mr. Muhammad. What Bible do you use, Mr. Muhammad? Well, we study from all of the Bibles.
Bibles. You know, there are so many Bibles now. There's the UA version, the Schofield version, the King James version, the Phillips version, the New World Translation, the Revised Standard Version, the Re-Revised Standard Version, and the Re-Re-Revised Standard Version. And some of the Bibles have 66 books in it, and other Bibles have 72 books in it. So we tried to study all of them, even though there seems to be some disagreement among those who are publishing the Bibles and in the seminaries and theological schools as to which one is the most authentic from the original manuscript. Okay, I want no sir, that's correct. I won't because you're a racist. I 
think it's fair that you back that up and define what you just said. You haven't backed anything up, you said. So I want to hear what you have to say. Sir, then please tell us the deep, dark guilt. We've been going around here for five minutes. Tell us that. We'll allow you to make your comment. What you have? Any guilt whatsoever? Participating? No, sir. I've never been racist. No, sir. I've never been racist in my life. You don't even realize the racism that you're reaching over there. I'm sorry? You don't recognize it. That's the point I was trying to demonstrate to you. If you just let me ask Mr. Muhammad a question. Go right ahead. You can't answer my question. You're in that office. That is, sir. Now you call the man in there. He is. He's totally inefficient. I ask a question five times. He makes an allegation. He can't back it up. Go right ahead, sir. Uh, okay, but anyhow, let's get back to the point. Some time ago, there was a classman that uh, called in, and it seemed as if Mr. Muhammad almost immediately perceived that this guy was a member of the clan, but you didn't. You had to ask whether or not he was a member. It came on in the very later stages of the conversation. Did you notice that? I'm sorry, sir, I didn't understand it. What did you say? Uh, I think Mr. Muhammad did. Mr. Muhammad, some time ago, there was a Q-plus clansman that called in. And you seem to recognize almost immediately that this guy was a member of the class. I don't know, sir. I don't know if he was a member of the class. He was not invited to the studio. He was a member of the class. Who's that? Are oh, you talking about a caller? Is he he's failing him now. White people's memory continually failed him when it's necessary. No, sir. I'm not, I'm not really sure which person he's talking about. Which... Half an hour ago. Oh, but the person that called in on the program. Yes. Okay, yes, sir. That was true. He's a member of the clan, and I repudiate the clan. I think it's an evil organization. But only after he admitted that you have to ask him what he's a member of the clan. You were agreeing with everything he said. No, that's not true. Mr. Muhammad almost immediately perceived that he was a member of the He's so much sharper than I. Appreciate your call this afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Let's move on. Kevin from Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. You're live on WVNN and the Sean Hannity program. Hello. Hello. We're running low on time this afternoon. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I just want to start out by saying uh, I'm only 16 years old. I go to Lawrenceburg High School. Here. Yes, sir. And uh, I'm a white guy, and uh, I associate mainly with uh, the blacks at my school. Yes, sir. There's not a large group of them there, but... Uh,
was right down the Khalid Abdul Muhammad cutting into Sean Hannity. Showing us how to deal with deal with the devil on his in his playground. And not to succumb to his little slick tricks. So we um you know, with that with that one being played, that's a we rock it to the end of our show. Black Power? Black Power. All right, that was our brother Paris. All right. 
with, with our brother Kyle going down, hold the line. And we'd like to thank everybody for coming out tonight. You know, um, again, a uh, special praise to the to Baba Khalid Abdul Muhammad, great warrior. Um, anybody like giving any closing words? Go ahead. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna shut it down, and we're gonna shut it down. Thanking everybody for coming out tonight. You know, again, it was a praise to the ancestor. And we'll be back Thursday. Thursday. We'll be coming in. Um, we'll be setting the tone. It'll be 10 p.m. from now on. Seven. We're gonna do 10 p.m. and keep it smooth like that. Uh, as I said, you know, uh, come get back in with us. Think Tank Thursday coming up. Let to give a praise now. Turn the glory to Garvey. Long live the spirit of Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad. Praise Harriet Tubman. Glory to Ida B. Wells. And long live the spirit of Sister Fanny Wilhelm. I'll be before the year. Crack in the truck. I'll sneak it too. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.